Spoiler alert, um, season two is on the way, so in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Shut up! I know he's your friend, but I don't care. Today's episode is brought to you by Shiba Inu. Shiba. Shiba Inu token is the most exciting cryptocurrency in the world. Way back in 2021, Shiba Inu became the most popular crypto, surpassing both Dogecoin and Bitcoin on CoinMarketCap. With a market cap value of over $5.6 billion, Shiba Inu is for real and is everywhere. From microtransactions in your favorite video game, all the way to paying for your favorite movie tickets at AMC, Shib is the next evolution in currency. It's a leader in the web point. 3.0 revolution. You can buy SHIB on all the most popular coin exchanges. My favorite place is Coinbase, but the best place to find more information is by following at SHIB token on Twitter. There you'll find links to the Discord, the subreddit, Telegram, and everywhere else to find more information about investing in SHIB Inu. Diamond Paws, SHIB to the moon. Thank you, SHIB, for being such huge college football fans. All right, let's start the show. We're here to fuck shit up. And welcome back to the Evil Mark Show. My name is Mark Hammond, and I'm happy to be the Mark in the Evil Mark Show, broadcaster, uber sports nerd, and self-described based podcast merchant ready to take you on your sports talk journey. Now, if you're joining us for the first time, where the hell have you been, man? We've been covering college football the last three seasons, and you missed out on a ton of fun. But thank you for being here today on this very very special occasion. Now, every Thursday during the college football season is a celebration of the sport that we love. But once a year, we put a bow on the entire season. We celebrate its greatest, weirdest, and funniest moments and say goodbye until next season. Now, some people call me Pinguino Supremo, but today I will be your Svengali, Joe Coy style, terrible host while we celebrate the 2023 college football season. We call this the granddaddy of them all. And when it comes to fake award show podcasts, this is our yearly magnum opus, the third annual Evil Mark Show College Football Awards presented by Shibi Inu Token. We call it the Shibis for short. Shibi Inu has carried us this show from our Forrester Award shows to now they are wonderful. But at this point, I'd like to welcome my co-host, my co-conspirator. I have a sound effect for him. He's my best friend. He's my pal. He's my homeboy. My rotten soldier. He's my sweet cheese. My the good ho- time boy. <laughs> the host of the podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> File Under Entertainment started its third season dedicated to movies. He's bathing in Frosted Flakes from Notre Dame Sun Bowl Championship, the greatest <laughs> Golden Domer who ever posted a podcast episode. Eric Stevens, how are you doing today? I Yeah, those Frosted Flakes, they find their way into like every uh, crack and crevice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what a great feeling. And what a great sound clip. Yeah, that, I, I definitely love that. <laughs> Yeah, we shared with each other our uh, appreciation <laughs> for Matt Berry, so that uh, was that was quite touching and hilarious. So thank yeah, you. The the only Brit I actually like. He's my best friend. He's my pal. He's my homeboy. My rotten soldier. He's my sweet cheese. My good time boy. <laughs> my, my good time boy. Oh, it's a little goodness. erotic there at the end, but uh, yeah, <laughs> my good time boy. So we obviously have a huge show today. We're going through our college football awards, but I wanted to take some time before we start the award show to honor some of our most beloved listeners and emailers that this show is uh, we're going to get to our our award show part of it. But this is more about a celebration of our fans, our listeners, people who email us every week, uh, everyone who puts all the time and effort into the show, who checks us out. This episode is dedicated to you and dedicated to college football season and college football in general. 
We love you guys, but let me give a special shout out and they get yeah. their special sound effect we're, as well. We're nothing without them. Definitely. I just hate them. <laughs> hate them. Because they, they, they low down, they dirty, they some snitches. <laughs> yes, that's how we are. The, uh, the real MVPs of this show. Uh, these people listen every week. They find time to send in their comments. They help make uh, what's really watching the show staple. They email before, during, and after games. They make all the preparations and time spent on this worth it. Seriously, the show wouldn't be the same without these you without these people. So before we start honoring college football, let's give a quick shout out to the following fans. So I want to start with SEC super user, our resident Alabama fan, SEC honk, who's been here since day one before Eric even. After the first episode, which was published from the Rio Casino in Las Vegas, with myself ranting about UCLA might be the team to beat this year, <laughs> I mean, I was wrong about that. Uh, I'm a bigger fan of the SEC because of his passion. He also knows country music in and out because he's in the business. I hate to call him a listener because I consider him more of a friend. Still ranked number one until Kirby starts listening. and then He'll be the number one SEC fan. But until, <laughs> until Kirby Smart starts listening, SEC super user, thank you for being a listener. Uh, Maze Man and Mizzou Man, our respective Wolverine and Tiger Shills, both of these gentlemen make sure we're being mindful of each individual conference, and we are always looking out for stories that fall through the cracks. Uh, they never get upset about the criticism, but they're always looking to point out the awesomeness. Two great and intelligent fans who represent their fandom tremendously. Also, Horns Down 69, Resident Aggie, if, if you don't remember this, he is a Texas A&M alum, but more importantly, a follower of all things Texas and hater of all things Texas, always there to point out when things go wrong. A true college football hater who doesn't even need the Aggies to win. He just needs the Longhorns to lose. And <laughs> prominent defender, prominent defender of Texas is back, folks. Not this time. You're wrong. We're back. No, we got you. When Texas wins tonight. No way. Against the mighty SEC. No way. Texas is back. This one was invented by a writer. And about two years ago, we did our, our college football spotlight of Texas A&M. And that's when he, when he reached out. For the, well, not reached out for the first time, but that's the first time I ever found out he was an Aggie. And I, of course, after we went through our college football spotlight, I was like, so are you guys a cult? Like, Because it, it feels like a cult. And his answer was, of course we are. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, and he, he did the research. He let me know that Reveille is fine and Reveille is no longer suspended. I know there's like okay. one person who is still looking for that update. I was going to ask about Reveille. Just a free Reveille, damn it. Yeah. He says he's met Reveille and Reveille's fine. He's done a health and wellness check on him. He says now that Jimbo's gone, Reveille does have free use of the building again. So all is right <laughs> okay. in College Station. Um, Abdel, our resident college football superfan, uh, message board troll. He might have some connection to at Board Geniuses on Twitter. I can neither confirm or deny that, but Abdel is the real deal. Great listener, good college football fan. Duckman, resident Duck superfan, who I argue with constantly about Dan Lanning. If I'm the biggest critic of Lanning, Duckman is his biggest defender. I uh, got a chance to meet him at the Duck Party in Scottsdale this year uh, nice. for the festival. But because of his job, he didn't really want to. He didn't want to take any pictures or anything like that, which I wouldn't have done anyway. But I was like, no, no, we're cool. Thank you just for being a listener. Thank you for being a Duck fan. Uh, Duckman, very cool guy. And I thought I loved Marcus Mariota. No one loves Marcus Mariota as much as Duckman. Uh, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, Christian NorCal, our resident Pac-12 super honk, who always keeps me up to date on the Pac-12 news, specifically Cal and Stanford, but really makes her bones during the college basketball season and in the Pac-12 tournament. There's Jenna P., uh, former um, 
member of our fantasy league, our resident dual show enjoyer, and Tom Brady lover. She keeps the fire burning for the odd stories in football and positive stories about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. She says she's not a Patriots <laughs> fan, but <laughs> she was the first one to break the news to me that Bill Belichick got fired. So just saying, just saying. <laughs> um, and then, of course, who could forget and not love? To the V, to the A, to the Doug, UVA Doug, of course, Eric's arch nemesis, less of a UVA fan and more of a Notre Dame hater. He lurks in the shadows and only comes out to criticize, but he does listen to the show on multiple platforms and does keep part, he does keep our numbers high by doing so. He has his own theme music and he gets to pick his spots. He says it's going to be nicer during the college of basketball season, but he says once college football season kicks off again, it's on. So... <laughs> Well, you know, Notre Dame actually plays Virginia in football this upcoming season. So, Ooh. I mean, if he's never joined us before, if he's still around then, which I hope he is, uh, then the, the, what better time to finally join the show than then, Doug, to to plead your case for why you think the Cavaliers are going to beat Notre Dame? Yeah, you got you to gotta step up for your Cavs. You got to step up for your Cavs. Uh, uh, UVA, Doug, good listener as well. Uh, and then, of course, there's James Harden's exquisite beard. Our resident NBA superfan, James Harden apologist, ASU superfan, and our TMZ type cup reporter. If someone is busted for a weird crime in the world of sports, specifically the NBA, James Harden's exquisite beard is emailing the details to me literally the next day. <laughs> and last but not least, Jennifer in Schenectady, uh, a listener who joined us uh, not so much at the beginning, joined us kind of, uh, I think, year two. Um, What's Wrigley Watcher? Super champion, dual show listener. Cup reporter of all sports, both odd and small and weird, and I'm proud to announce will be joining me on Discord, us on Discord, as the producer of the Evil Mark show this spring, starting in April. She's very highly cool. knowledgeable. Yeah, very cool. I can't wait to she gets to meet the rest of the crew. She's highly knowledgeable, huge fan of the show, just a good person to hear from each week. Jennifer in Schenectady, we speak your name. We're glad to bring you on board. We've literally taken our fans and put them in positions of power. I love it. I love you guys. Thank you guys for, for being a part of the show. And I also want to thank everyone who listens, downloads, or shares the show throughout the year. We've been blessed to have such a fierce fan base that sticks with the show and enjoys it enough to come back week after week. All sports radio podcasts are driven by the 1% of the listeners who email, comment, or follow online, but the other 99% are just regular people who want to listen to the show, enjoy the show, and move on with their lives, and they are the unsung heroes of this podcast. And then, although I don't hear from you, you deserve the greatest shout-out. No name-calling, no freak-outs, <laughs> no extreme threats. I never hear, oh, Idi Amin actually killed my brother. I'm mad at you. You just listen to the show, <laughs> enjoy it. I never have to hear from you. You guys are the real MVPs. You you will never hear. I just hate them because they <laughs> they they low down, they dirty, they some snitches. But when you are ready to break bad yeah. and join the mentally affected one percent, we will be here for you, Mister or Mrs. First time emailer, long time listener, and we always <laughs> encourage you to take that leap from casual to emailer, and you can always do that by sending an email to show at evilmark.com. Okay, a couple things before we get going. Just a couple last things here. Uh, they say I had a Twitter site. 
If you're not already, you need to follow the show on Twitter slash X. We are at EVLMRK. That's EVLMRK. We have the best retweets, comments, memes, and content. Once again, on Twitter, that's EVLMRK. Look for hashtag Shibbies, S-H-I-B-B-I-E-S, to see special links, tweets, pictures, or stories we talk about in today's episode. All our award winners will have their uh, attached article to their post tomorrow. So all day Thursday, all day Friday. Each category will have a special tweet, so make sure you're looking out for them. So if you if you have not gotten the chance to follow us, uh, you've been listening for a while, make sure you're following us on Twitter. And we're here to fuck shit up. Also, every Thursday, Eric joins us. He is the host of the wonderful podcast, File Under Entertainment. What could be easier? It's all alphabetical. You know, A, B, C. The only podcast that Nick Cage himself personally listens to. You're Nick Eric, tell us a little bit about File Entertainment. Where can you get it? And what is it about? <laughs> uh, File Entertainment. Thank you for always uh, plugging it. It's available on all platforms. There's uh, a season worth of music, a season worth of uh, movies, and we're getting back into movies, which Mark will be joining me on the inaugural episode well i guess that's not true because well he did join on the inaugural episode of season three it was the movie madness tournament but the a episode because we're going to continue in our alphabetical uh shtick will be uh Airbud. uh <laughs> that's mark's selection mine is alien versus predator and we still don't know what jared's selection is going to be but um yeah, that will be out there for everyone's enjoyment. The Movie Madness Tournament pitting the 73 films that we talked about in Season 1 is out there. It was uh, kind of a surprise with uh, some some upsets, just like real March Madness. So Yeah, some real bracket busters, some upsets. Uh, gosh, I, I would say our eventual champion was like Villanova in uh, what year was that? Like, was that 87? Like, I, I knew they were good. I, I know it's a good movie. It, it kind of goes on a run. It just kind of steamrolls the competition. And then you're like, wait, how did we end up here? Is that Villanova <laughs> over there? What is Villanova exactly. doing here? <laughs> it's a, it's a really, really fun, really great episode. I didn't even check the, 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 what did we clock it out time, time wise? Uh, 343. I want to say. Oh, not bad at all. Well, certainly less than a a decades episode or a musical journey or something like that. Yeah, a lot of those uh, music episodes, uh, especially towards the end, were were getting very lengthy. But um, yeah, well, it's we'll see. So if you if you guys have not checked that out before, make sure there's a ton of content. It's not time sensitive. You can go back and listen to it anytime. It was a whole first season full of movies. Uh, these are the movies that we used for the bracket tournament here in season three, episode one. But you can go back and check back those conversations, those in-depth conversations about individual movies. There's also special editions in there, uh, special movies, special events also in season one. Season two is chock full of music from A to Z, all kinds of artists. I've been on that uh, podcast several times. If you like Jared, he's been on that podcast several times. He's actually the co-host and producer. Um, 
all kinds of really great episodes um, that I was a part of and I was not a part of. I think of the M episode, uh, all different kinds of artists. Uh, there, there was, of course, Oingo Boingo and Orgy. I finally remember the other band there. <laughs> there was <laughs> Sublime and Skid Row. Uh, there was, uh, oh, didn't we do Z as well? I'm forgetting if we did Z. I think we did. Yeah. It was Zach Wild Band and uh, the Zootons. The Zootons, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, so I actually, uh, I normally when I get like uh, DMCA notifications from from Spotify, uh, I go on there and they say, "No, I don't have a license." But if this is like you know, it's a review show. That's we play the music, but we talk about it. And so I had never had an issue. But multiple times I kept getting hit for uh, the Q episode with Queen and they finally they they removed it on me. Oh, yeah. And they did the exact same thing with the country, like the Gone Country episode, because your boy Morgan Wallen, they kept hitting hitting me with those things. And I kept saying, like, no, I don't have a license. But no, this is like parody. This is this is a review uh, podcast. We're actually talking about and critiquing and reviewing the music and for the longest time, like with all the other ones that I've done that for, it's been okay. But I guess uh, queen and Morgan Wong really weren't having it. So wow. And, and you guys got Metallica and M Metallica didn't complain, but Morgan Wong. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Really shame. Morgan Wong. It's, it's, you know, once he, he cut that mullet off, man, just, it kind of turned. That was, the, that was the turn to the dark side. The moment that guy started cleaning up, <laughs> was not a good moment. So yeah, I was I was just going to plug the the Gone Country episode, but there's all kinds of great ones. There's a musical journey. I know I've got emails about that. Make sure you guys are checking that out, uh, and make sure you're checking out the new season, season three, episode one. Starting off with the Music Madness tournament, um, really great one. And then uh, this first one A is going to be a barn burner here. Got three moves to go through. Uh, Airbud, I think uh, I, I I won't spoil anything here, but I, I, would you say not necessarily a fan, but a more sympathetic to the to, to the uh basketball playing uh for sure yes definitely. definitely that's awesome so i'm actually looking for we had joked about potentially doing all of the uh the airbud films discussing them in a, a separate maybe like bonus content uh for listeners of this show and I, i'd be more willing to do that now after <laughs> watching the first one so <laughs> Wait, well, just just wait until they get superpowers. You're not going to feel that same way. <laughs> wait until his prodigy gets gets superpowers, and then then you might feel completely different. Um, I want to get to our last plugs here, so we encourage everyone to look inside today's episode's description to see all the links for our social media pages, where to get your Evil March Show T-shirt, links to our sponsors, the Evil March Show Discord something new that's going to come out that we're going to talk about next week when we officially start the off season is if you listen on Apple, I know most of you guys listen on Apple. If you listen on Apple, you can sign up for the evil March show plus four ninety nine a month. You get access to uh, special episodes. So both ask Mark anything starting February 1st are going to be behind that paywall. Any bonus episodes that we do, Maybe we're going to dive into the Airbud universe. Maybe hmm. me and Jared are going to do a special Mansers episode. You just don't know. That material will be behind the paywall. Uh, Evil Mark Show Plus, $4.99 a month. You get access to everything. If you don't use Apple, if you're a Spotify user, you're a Google Podcast user, if you, for some reason, listen to your podcasts on Amazon, like God knows why, um, you still have the <laughs> option to join our Discord, and you can sign up through there, and you can sign up for Evil Mark Show Plus. You'll get all the content, all the material. And if you're an Apple listener, 
and you're looking for that video content that we're working on, you can still join the Discord for free. You only got to pay once. You don't have to pay twice. So make sure you're looking for that. We'll be promoting that more next week. But if you want to get a jump ahead, that's where it is. No more Patreon. Evil Mark Show Plus on Apple Music, exactly where you listen to this podcast. You'll see a little button that says subscribe now uh, or join the Discord. And what's great about that is I'm in there. I will, I will talk to you. Uh, be glad to share more information. And you only have to pay once. So that's a great way to support the show. And lastly, if you want to contact the show, if you want to let us know what's going on in your mind, you have questions, you have comments, you have ideas for things that we can do, please send us a question to show at evilmark.com. Once again, that's show at evilmark.com. Um, and then uh, if you have a question for Eric for Ask Evil Mark and you don't want to me to know the answer or you don't want me to get a heads up because I do read every single email, uh, Eric, would you provide your email for them? Yes, it's uh, at fileunderpod at gmail.com. Fileunderpod at gmail.com. So make sure you guys are putting that down that one as well. All right. So today we are switching it up. And in celebration of the college football season coming to a close, we felt like the only way to truly honor the end of the college football world as, as we know it, and I feel fine, was throwing in an elaborate, over-the-top, and silly award show. So please join Eric and I as we present the third annual College Football Awards presented by Shiba Inu Token. Take your seat now in the theater of the mind as we go live from Hollywood, California for the 2024 Shibbies. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third annual College Football Awards presented by Shiba Inu Token. We're live from the Sheridan Crescent Ballroom in Hollywood, California. It's been a wild year in college football, and tonight we're here to celebrate all the chaos and glory of the 2023 college football season. Hey, hey, hey. Who's that in the audience holding up a cell phone camera horizontally? Damn it, Connor Stallions. <laughs> you guys like it. You can't steal my jokes or our material to support the Oscars. Look, you can't do it. You can't do it. You cannot film it here. Every event, this guy shows up in dark sunglasses, a central Michigan hat, and is recording. I haven't seen this guy, a guy this crazy about spying on his enemies since Aldrich Ames. How's that for a Dennis Miller impression, babe? Connor, put away your phone and stop pleasuring yourself to Jim Harbaugh's National Championship Presser videos. Please, please, we have an award show. By the way, by the way, where, where's that manifesto? <laughs> you guys heard about this? He has a 100-page manifesto about how he wanted to be the Michigan football coach. Why anybody would want that job, I have no idea. Uh, but Connor, Connor, sit down. Uh, Eric is also here with me. <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> that's right mark i am here and we are here to celebrate the best worst and weirdest of college football by do doling out the most coveted award in the whole of the sport the shibbies i mean even texas has a shot at this thing what's next <laughs> longhorns winning an sec title in atlanta <laughs> The day that happens will be the day that Donald Trump starts quoting Proust. <laughs> Speaking of, no, no laughter on that. <laughs> Sorry, this is going to be my laugh. <laughs> oh, let, me, let me give you a big laughter on that one. <laughs> Wait, and the one and the one upset guy. <laughs> uh, 
And speaking of things that make you question reality, Matthew McConaughey is on the roof wearing an Arch Manning jersey. He's spouting off about solar flares and African tribesmen, wet dreams, and rubbing an SEC necklace charm. I haven't seen someone channeling that much cosmic energy since I accidentally switched my yoga instructor with the ghost of Yoko Ono. Someone go fetch McConaughey. Tell him that we've got an award show going on here. The star of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is needed for the show to move on. I'm just waiting for him to throw in some McConaughey-isms like, all right, all right, all right, let's hand out these shibbies, man. All right, all right, all right. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming back down here. And thank you for that. (laughs) Eric. Look at all these college football luminaries in the building tonight with us. Coach Prime is over there trying to bribe fat guys in the audience with NIL money. I see Coach Saban. Give it up for him. Give it up for him. Wonderful man. Wonderful man. Wonderful career. Uh, Now he can get back to his real job, which is pretending his terrible NFL career didn't happen. I also see Ryan Day holding a voodoo doll. Who is that voodoo doll of, Ryan? Oh, it's a Lou Holtz. Oh, my gosh. There's no need for that. The old man doesn't meet, need any more trouble. Just just let Father Time take care of him. Oh, <laughs> oh you know. You know he's going to die soon. Enjoy him. <laughs> Lastly, I see the Pac-12 section there in the far corner, way, way, way there in the back. Sad that this will be your last time together. So some of you will see each other again down the road, except for you beavers and cougars. You know, from what I understand, you guys want a trip to Sweden and a special visit to a suicide pod. Hey, it's a better fate than the Mountain West. (laughs) Well, you ain't lying. Uh, A tip of the hat also to Coach Lincoln Riley for running the catering show for the past two years for the Shibbies. He's whipped up his signature Sooner slash Trojan slash no NFL team will even consider me as a head coach, Burt Brisket. That's the kind of culinary masterpiece that takes you on a journey back to the good old days of ramen and budget-friendly mac and cheese and bugging your best buddy at Alpha Epsilon Pie to take you out for a bagel and a schmear. <laughs> now except the one guy who, except the one guy who's pro pal studio. Now let's talk about this burnt brisket. It's about as appetizing as Brian Kelly's sphincter after a date with Kirby Smart. (laughs) A little mix of the two. (laughs) It's the kind of meal that'll have you questioning your life choices, much like Brian Kelly questioning his decision to dance publicly like Carlton Banks. (laughs) Maybe Riley's secret ingredient is a dash of regret and a sprinkle of you should have stayed in the Big 12. So, Coach Raleigh, thanks for the gastronomic adventure. You've given us a taste of humility and a side of regret, all wrapped up in that burnt brisket package. It's like the culinary version of a Shakespearean tragedy. It's full of drama, questionable decisions, and a finale that leaves you wondering, did I really just eat that? (laughs) Cheers to you, Coach Raleigh, for keeping us on our toes, both on and off the field. You know, we've done this three years now, and every year I realize I'm going to shoot a brought in somebody else to run the sound. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, enjoy- I'm enjoying the show, and then I forget. But, Eric, did you see over there, in that far corner, way, way there in the back, up there in the balcony? I did, I can yes. see it. I, I can see him. This guy looks familiar. 
that's Tommy Reese who's in attendance tonight. Uh, hey, give him a break. Give him a break, Notre Dame fans. He, he cannot hurt you. Give him a break. I know he's not going to be retained in Alabama, but at least he is in attendance. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh my God, he has a gun. Oh, oh, but look, but look, Eric, instead of taking his shot, he's choosing to rush the stage in two yard intervals. He's never, <laughs> he's never going to make his way down here for this assassination attempt. Hey, Tommy, it's okay. It's okay. Saban can't hurt you. Brian Kelly has a job for you in Baton Rouge or Ann Arbor. Run that way. You'll get there by spring ball. And, oh, some other luminaries here. I see Hugh Freeze and Bobby Petrino in the house. Please give it up. Give it up. I know there's been problems in the past, but give them, but they're coaching luminaries. And hey, every sport needs its villain. And even Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is here. <laughs> Urban Meyer, uh, one of the greatest of all times. He must have heard about the open bar backstage sponsored by Hinge. Uh, Urban, could you stop checking the oil on that girl and watch the show? Jeez, this guy <laughs> is more perverted than Stephen Hawking and Jimmy Kimmel tag teaming a child on Jeffrey Epstein's plane while Bill Clinton watched. <laughs> With an approving eye. Hey, that's presidential perversion. Come on. Come on. A man in a wheelchair on pedophile island, you better give it up for me. Oh, oh, the, oh yeah, except except the one guy who was a stewardess on that plane. Oh, shame, shame, shame. Okay. How do you follow that, Mark? Here's a toast to the 2023 college football season, packed with more drama than a Swifties burn book or a Scorsese 1970s period piece. Colorado Buffalo hype reaching epic proportions. Cheeseburger scandals that had us questioning the very idea of paying for players. Shock firings and retirements that left us wondering if the coaches were playing a game of musical chairs and players securing the bag faster than I can secure the remote when there's a Tears for Fears documentary on Max. I'm so proud of myself. For writing that one. And, and I checked myself because I originally wrote Duran Duran. So that's... I'm sorry, I forgot. Yeah. And let's not forget the sign-stealing escapades in Michigan because, you know, playing by the rules is just, that's plain overrated. It's like saying, hey, let's make this game much more interesting by throwing in a little espionage. <laughs> Lack of enforcement of rules, that's the NCAA way. NCAA way, my friends. It's about as consistent as Joe Biden's ability to remain lucid during a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> The terrible jokes. Really mean spirit there. <laughs> FSU getting the short end of the stick from the playoff committee. That's just classic corruption. It's like watching a Hitchcock thriller where you know that the twist is coming, but it still hits you like a ton of bricks. Kirk Curb Street. Yeah, Kirk Curb Street is blowing Bama live on ESPN. <laughs> hey, at least someone's enjoying their quote unquote job. <laughs> I haven't seen obvious pandering like that since Nick Saban was lobbying for a spot in the BCS. <laughs> but lest we forget our hero, the edible Pop-Tart mascot, that savior who melted our hearts faster than a microwave on high for five minutes and absolutely saved bowl season. It's like the feel-good movie ending we didn't know that we needed. So Thank you. Thank you for the rousing repause. So here's to the 2023 season. 
where chaos reigned supreme, and the only thing more unpredictable than the games were the off-field shenanigans. May this off-season be as entertaining as the season itself, and may we come back next year ready for another roller coaster ride through the madcap world of college football. Yes, so here's to the 2023 season where chaos reigns. Oh, wait, nope. Yes, cheers to the champions who will eventually be given an asterisk. Cheers to the GOAT for going out an SEC champion in Atlanta over Kirby. And cheers to the bowl season that saved us when all seemed depressing and lost. May the offseason be short, uneventful, and not filled with scandal. Oh, who am I kidding? I hope the ACC breaks up and I get to watch every minute on Reddit College Football and laugh when MS, it would, SMU gets relegated to some BS conference like the MAC or the Conference USA. <laughs> This is this is a hell of a night, ladies and gentlemen, and we thank you for joining us for our third annual College Football Awards, uh, as always, presented by Shiba Inu Token and the larger SHIB Army. We had a ton of fun this year, tons of drama and more laughter than I ever thought possible. We're so happy to be here with you and put a bow on this season. And as I described it, it's the end of the college football world as we know it. And tonight, we honor the best, the worst, the greatest of all time, the funniest, the weirdest things about this college football season. So without further ado, we humbly welcome you to the 2024 Shibbies. Let's get to our first award. Now, Eric, this is an amazing award. This is always the one that, that leads this, this led off last year. We've been doing what's Wrigley watching. Uh, now, typically when what's Wrigley watching first started, for those of you who don't remember, because it eventually turned into pop culture, because that's what you guys wanted. But originally, Wrigley would only watch the best college football games of all time. But somehow, he, he went from watching the best college football games of all time to watching like Small Wonder, Christmas with the... <laughs> There's some really unhinged stuff, uh, but he still does. He, he watches a lot of nonsense, but he still does have a soft spot for the best games of this past season. Uh, uh, tell us, uh, set us up for, for this first award, uh, the What's Wrigley Watching Game of the Year presented by Chewy.com. Yeah, Wrigley branched out a little bit more into pop culture, like you mentioned, but he still doesn't enjoy watching uh, college football with with me curled up uh, with the, the blankets on Saturdays, partaking of the majority of the games. Uh, and so he was a big fan of these four these are our nominees for the What's Wrigley Watching Game of the Year, presented by Chewy.com. And the nominees are, number one, oh, let Notre me be a little... Dame. Oh, wait, no, that's for the champion. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> number one, Notre Dame, 21, at Duke, 14, on September the 30th. Number two, Stanford, 46, at Colorado, 43, in double overtime. It was on Friday the 13th. Ooh. That was my favorite. I saw this whole game live on, on that Friday. Best Friday night game of the year. Number three, K-State, 27, at Mizzou, 30. This was on September the 16th. Another early one. Of course, Mizzou man's favorite. He loved this one. He was all over it. Uh, number four. LSU 49 at Ole Miss 55. This was on September 30th. Another one of my absolute favorites, uh, 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 Lane Kiffin doing what he does best, destroying Brian Kelly (laughs) in Oxford, embarrassing him in front of the rest of the SEC world. Another, another great game. Uh, 
I, I will hand you the envelope, sir. Uh, thank you very much. Oh, and Wrigley, since it's his namesake, he wants to be a part of this, so he's Ooh. lending me his paw. Here we go. Okay. So. And the shibby for the game of the year goes to Wrigley. You want to read it? Oh, you can't? Okay. Uh, this is <laughs> Stanford 46 at Colorado 43 in double overtime on Friday the 13th. What a great game. What a great game. People forget this is the one where it basically stopped at Deion Sanders madness because they had won the game against Colorado State. Uh, I think the week before, this was the first Friday night game. Stanford was a total underdog going into this one. There was no one who believed in Stanford. In fact, this point in time on Friday the 13th, uh, this is September, Friday the 13th, uh, there was a belief that Colorado might run the table. That's how crazy everyone was at the time. There was the unstoppable juggernaut of Colorado, and it was Stanford. Stanford that went into Boulder, took them out. On a Friday night, we see Dion crumbling in epic fashion in the in the fourth quarter. Just kind of, we all kind of waited for the comeuppance. We knew like it was gonna happen. We thought maybe it was gonna be Oregon or USC or Utah, like one of the powerhouses would be the one that would do them. But that would have been later in the season. And it's yeah, Stanford, not who, Stanford. Yeah, Stanford. Well, Stanford. Like, even in this game, Colorado was up thirty to nothing, weren't they? It, yeah. It, it, it was like it was multiple scores like and so this was they were dead in the water and then Stanford came all the way back uh, to force overtime and then to win it in double overtime. Just yeah, phenomenal game. I think that's uh, that is a, a really good way to lead us off. I, I think a good one. Great game. I mean, if you go back and watch that one, it's a double overtime Friday night. It's the only thing on TV. Uh, I, I know the ratings were off the chart because this was supposed to be uh, an accessible game for most Colorado fans, people who don't live in the Boulder area or not on the West Coast. This is an ESPN national game, double overtime. I forget that this was the second of the three games that night, and this one pushed the other one uh, to ESPN News. It was just wonderful. And then seeing Prime meltdown in the press conference immediately thereafter, um, blaming his offensive line, which we saw turned out to be a trend. I mean, really aping the bigger time coaches, a la Brian Kelly, and just <laughs> throwing those players right under the even saying at the time that uh, he was going to go out and get better talent. Yeah. This is like, yeah, to your point, this was kind of like the, the beginning of the end, because certainly, uh, again, to your point, no one saw it coming from not the likes of Stanford. So that was pretty neat. Uh, and so, as mentioned, this was brought to you by Chewy. If you want your pet to be spoiled, like all of our previous What's Regularly Watching winners pets, you can find the best stuff to give them their best life at Chewy.com. As a Chewy affiliate, we earn commission for qualifying purchases you can find the link in the show notes and get started treating your pets like superstars. Like right now, Chewy has an offer for new customers. It's a $20 gift card on your first purchase with Chewy at $49 plus. So with $49 plus, you also get free shipping and you get this gift card on top of Chewy's great fast service. The whole team, including Wrigley, the dogs and Mark's cat Havana want to thank you for your continued support this season and stay tuned for more. What's Wrigley watching next week when the mad lad himself Wrigley goes back to the movies. Yes. yes. Wrigley, Wrigley, the true heart and soul of the show. Uh, I, I, I can't believe how many, how many emails I get about Wrigley and, and people who wonder, why are you hiding the cat? <laughs> Is there a real cat? Yes. There's a real, I've seen Wrigley. I met him briefly. 
<laughs> she, he came down into the basement while I was sleeping and I woke up and I said, Wrigley, and he ran away. So that <laughs> was our limited interaction. No, no, I saw him after that, but Wrigley is a real cat. Uh, everything else I think is, 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 what would you say? We're creative liberties, but really, you, Eric can verify. He's a real cat. Yes, he is. Absolutely. And he does legitimately like watching college football. Oh, like, okay. See, it, it's it's all true. And no one is hiding the cat. <laughs> it's just one emailer we hear from all the time. Why are you hiding the cat from us? There's, there's, there's no conspiracy here. Of course, if there was a conspiracy, of course, I would tell you there's no conspiracy. But let's move on. <laughs> this next yeah. category oh wait go ahead yeah our next category it's a huge fan favorite it's the key and peel best college football player name oh this is always this is, this is one people love this is one people argue about uh i just a special programming note so there was a special council call just like the college football playoff committee special secret council of of uh show people who are affiliated with the show myself eric had a vote there were two other people we brought onto the council one i think was a as a more uh blind spotted mace windu and the other is like the weird cone-headed guy i can't remember his name but they're like that there were some votes i and i do want to tell you the last one was unanimous this one was not unanimous so there this was a split vote but but and this is one that I know fans always love. I, I feel like you guys might be a little disappointed, but Eric, lay this one out for us. Who is competing for the best key in peel? Actually, let me see here. I think I'm going to give you a, if you do not remember this, I'm assuming that everybody, if you're a college football fan, uh, you should know this sketch, right? I mean, Eric, this yes. is like a classic one. Uh, Absolutely. But let me just in case you forgot, let me let me give you a little bit of that, uh, a little bit of that sound. Hi, everybody. I'm Dave Stass alongside Jeff Worthing and welcome to the annual East West Bowl. As we get ready to watch some of the best college players in the nation showcase their skills in a classic showdown between East and West. And there really are some characters on this year's squads, aren't there, Jeff? That's right, Dave. It does seem like the most flamboyant personalities came to the forefront, and they are here. Let's meet the players from the East. Demarcus Williams, University of Georgia. T.J. Jackson, Wayne State University. Tavarius Smith King, Merrimack College. Todd Royal, Smoochie Wallace, University of <laughs> Miami. Desquarius Green Jr., University of Notre Dame. Ibrahim Moises, University of Tennessee at Chattanooga. Jack Marius Tacteratrix, Michigan State University. The Isaiah T. Billings Clyde, Coastal Carolina University. The Jasper Probencrux III, South Carolina State University. Leoz Maxwell Jr., East Carolina University. Jamaris Jamar, Jamaris and Lamar. University of Middle Tennessee. Dwayne Shower Handle. University of Southern Mississippi. Hingle McCringleberry. Penn State University. Carpetron Duke Marriott. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Carpetron Duke Marriott. Florida Atlantic University. Jadinkalich Morgoon. University of South Florida. Jackson Flaxen Waxen. California University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> We're going to be looking for yeah. So, as always, <laughs> I, I, I will read. Kringleberry. 
Oh my god! <laughs> it, there's a couple different sketches here where they, they go through this. It, they're they're all amazing, and we've seen throughout the years. We we usually we find this out in the college football spotlight, or this usually comes up in one of our tacos. The names have gotten weirder and weirder and weirder, but yet. It, it seems like one name seems to shine, but they get weirder yeah, and weirder and odder and odder. But Eric, take us through these uh, nominees. Yes, we have five of them for you today. We have General Booty, quarterback from Oklahoma. Kool-Aid McKinstry. Ooh. One of my Alabama. Favorites. And I, he's a defensive back, but I don't know some of these. I don't know. I know Squirrel White. He's number five. Squirrel White, wide receiver from Tennessee. Uh, we have Booby Curry from Houston. <laughs> <laughs> and rounding out this selection is Storm Duck from South Carolina. Which one? Every time we talk about this, we're like, why isn't he at Oregon? Every exactly. time. <laughs> it just fits. Literally, whoever's running the NIL program at the University of Oregon, get on it. How can you have a guy named Storm Duck? And he's a, where is he? Oh, South Carolina. How can I kind of wondered the, the same thing. There was a player on Oregon State with the last name Irish. It's like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> How is this guy? Oh, like, we're desperate for wide receivers. How is this wide receiver and last name Irish not on Notre Dame? Ridiculous. Get this guy and, over here. <laughs> cracking open the envelope. Thank you, Wrigley. And winner. For the shibby, for Key and Peel, best college football player name goes to General Booty from Oklahoma. Oh! Back to back champ. Yeah, back. I mean, the guy cannot get a starting job in college football. He's won back-to-back shibbies. Kind of a, a logjam at quarterback there at Oklahoma. We thought maybe this would be the year. We thought this year this would be the year of booty, unfortunately. Well, there were some of us who voted thought this was the year of booby, but <laughs> we, we thought booby or or booty would, would 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 you know would be leading the pack here, but it seems like it seems like our voters, the uh the college football Jedi Council appreciated the booty they were more ass men than tit men and and we have general booty back-to-back champion uh i know he's got an, a good nil deal i know he sells his own t-shirts i know he's over there you said he's on cameo how how much was he on cameo you get a you can get general booty for 40 dollars or 70 dollars uh, i believe it was 70 dollars that's a little yeah. steep or no there's no it was 40 yeah, it oh. was 40 because I said uh, the guys that voted for him should have to uh, chip in to get him on Cameo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this guy's a back-to-back champion. I would be interested to hear his his, his acceptance speech here for this illustrious award. Uh, uh, really, I mean, it, it's got two of the best. I mean, it's got general for you, for you military fans or your military appreciators. And then it's got booty, which is like uh, knowing the, the current trend in hip hop and just the world. It, it's all about that. So this guy is, he's literally got general and booty and you can infer from that. I mean, it's, it really is the perfect name. I mean, I personally, I, I, I went another way. Uh, I was overruled, uh, but I can see why, why this is the best name. If only, if only he would uh would would could get a little action on the field. <laughs> yeah, instead of all that action off the field. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll tell you this one. There were there were some people who emailed us who uh they have their eyes on another uh uh, uh, pro- uh prospect 
who's out there in college. He's gonna he's he's looking to sign. I'm not sure if you see Noah. No. Noah K N I G G A. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. I have. So emailers were like, well, why are you going to, he has not played college football He's technically next year. Maybe uh, there's still debate about how that's pronounced. I don't, we might well, have to he, bring Jared on had, to announce that one. <laughs> he had an interview with uh, uh, Robert Griffin the third and it, it's Kaniga. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Okay, Jared, we we don't need you, buddy. I, I thought I, I thought we were going to need. I was like, all he needs is an excuse. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. He'll still pronounce it that way, even though he knows it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our next category is for uh, another fan favorite. This is Shibby Baller of the Year, which is our Player of the Year award. We have yeah. six nominees for this one. This is a huge one because this is, uh, I think, Baller of the Year. Uh, gosh, I don't have last year's results, but Baller of the Year is always uh, the most important one. Kind of the of our first awards that we give, Baller of the Year is just who we thought played played the best out of all. I know some guys kind of looked at stats. Some guys looked at uh, one of our uh, members of the College Football Playoff Committee. It had a lot of, uh, he was in, in true college football playoff committee fashion. He thought if it weren't for the injury, his stats would have been better. His wins were more important. Uh, there was all kinds of, this one was almost split, but there was, there was two P members of the council who were maybe a little bit biased, who, who kind of leaned a certain way, but uh, all these guys played great, but uh, Eric lay it out for us. Yes. Our nominees are, Jaden Daniels, quarterback from Louisiana State University. I'm happy Mike. to be here with my family. <laughs> he's, he's happy to be far away from that man now and come <laughs> yeah. to the NFL. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., quarterback from Washington. Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver, the Ohio State University. We have a large Ohio contingent in the building, unfortunately. Yeah. All those people rooting for cancer. Listen to that. Uh, Blake Corum, running back from Michigan. Oh. Yeah, that's the appropriate response. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bo Nix, quarterback from your Oregon Ducks. And Jordan Travis, quarterback from the Florida State Seminoles. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that's oh. a lot to, that's elite competition there so whoever walks away with this uh, should be pretty pleased at, at getting this you have any uh comments that you'd like to lead up to before we crack this envelope this one was really really tough like i said the voting came down to it i know there was uh there was a, a group text this morning because I, it, it was it, this was one of the ones that I didn't want to turn over to the hand of fate. We had a we had a, a, everyone voted for something different originally, and then we had to go back uh, with the three of the council members and be like, "All right, look, this is this is what we have. Like, we got to find consensus here." It was very very tough. There's a similar award that we'll get to later, Senior of the Year, that I think was kind of measured differently in a lot of people's minds. I know a lot of people will be like, oh, one, they're not really the same typically. I think this year is kind of interesting because we had so many good seniors. But when I think Baller of the Year, 
I think what it really came down to for me, and I was the deciding vote. So if anyone's upset, uh, was uh, uh, I, I just the stats? The stats were unbelievable. I, I don't think there were this guy was on TV enough to really appreciate what he did. Um, but I think one of the things we always say when we talk about ranking prospects or looking at a guy's work is the ultimate, you know, callback is watch the film, like go watch the film, see what the guy did, go look at the stat sheet. And this guy filled it up And for, for somebody who had all the promise in the world, uh, kind of turned sideways and then was able to bring it all back. And the numbers that he put up were just unbelievable. So even in a split vote, I feel like this one's going to be controversial, but uh, this this is I think this is a deserving one. But we'll talk about it after it gets awarded. Uh, lay this one out for us, Eric. Yes, the envelope is open, and the reveal is your Shibby Baller of the Year Player of the Year award goes to Jaden Daniels, quarterback Ooh. from LSU. Yep, myself in 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 Kunti, we, we came to the conclusion we were like we were like stats. I think Gump was of the the idea that Jordan Travis had done enough to win, and he would have done more if he hadn't got hurt. He also felt like he there should be some payback for the screwing over <laughs> Florida State. This is why you should, this just shows you why you shouldn't have a committee. That's why we should teach it. We should teach Chat GPT to just pick these, these playoff <laughs> teams. What, what was what was your thought, uh, Eric, when, when you I voted mean- on this one? It's hard to argue with Jaden Daniels. I mean, the man did win the Heisman, and his stats were like video game esque. It was ridiculous, and he had what like forty touchdowns to like what three interceptions or something. He had another ten rushing touchdowns, something like that. I mean, his stats were just off the charts, and he did win the Heisman for a reason. I cast my vote for Michael Penix. I mean, I know like neither of us are, are Washington Huskies fans. Obviously, you more so than I. But I thought the Penix was the most important. I, I looked at the Shibby Baller of the Year award, kind of like the MVP. Mm. And I assumed like Penix was the guy that was most important to his team. Where he went, and that's that's how that team performed. When he had a bad game. They had a bad game. They still ended up winning all of them until the very end against Michigan. I thought that Penix. Uh, was kind of the guy that that made that engine run and and so he had my vote but yeah again i can't argue with Jaden daniels winning this thing jordan travis getting a vote any see i i was like well you're that's more speculation the Penix argument i, I can the Penix slash mvp argument like he's the best player on the team basically willed them to win there were there was at least three games on that calendar that that they probably should have lost if it wasn't for him. I can't say the same thing about Jane Daniels. In my mind, like a baller of the year, I, I'm literally thinking like, in my mind is just stats. I'm like, who did the absolute best? Who would I want? Who's going to fill up the stat sheet, give you the best chance to win? I can't argue with your with your argument of, of the kind of MVP who who helped you actually win games. I think that's kind of what led Gump to vote for, for Jordan Travis. Uh, mm-hmm. But Kunti also, uh, we, we kind of he 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 straight up just wanted to vote for him because he's a former ASU player. <laughs> right. like, he's like, see, see, we we have good players. We, we her would have ruined everything, <laughs> and then we would have had this guy there. Which I I think there is something to be said. Jane Daniels, great year. I don't know what kind of pro he's going to be, but I think it's definitely definitely a, a, a cog in a system that very much benefited his skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree a, with that. As opposed to Penix, who kind of had to will will and win those games. 
Sure. I agree with that as well. And to kind of Gump's point, I think the committee must have saw that about Jordan Travis as well, because his injury kept an undefeated Florida State team out of the playoff because they didn't think that they would be competitive. And obviously, you know, we saw that they weren't competitive, but they had a lot more guys out than just Jordan Travis when they went up against Georgia. But uh, I mean, I guess Gump does have kind of an argument that this was this guy meant a lot to his team, just like Penix did to Washington. Jordan Travis was FSU if it was enough to, you know, his injury was enough to keep him out of the committee, the playoffs. So, yeah, it's that one's a rough one because I like, I don't know if it would have really helped that the, the back half that, that, that Georgia, I don't think anyone does well against Georgia. I think right. it, it, terrible that the injury happened, but it might have been the best thing ever. I think you, you, you go in there. It, they'll be okay. Like they, they're going to be all right. That's, that's a program that's built for the long haul. And the guy got himself uh Norvell got himself a fat extension. Uh, they did great in the transfer portal, but they're going to be plug and play They're Maybe they won't win the ACC, but I think they're going to be a definitely good program and a good team to watch. They've got DJ Uyunglele as quarterback now. So I <laughs> personally, I think that's a notable step down for them, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, they say he's going to learn how to pass this year, so <laughs> maybe, maybe. So soon? Well, yeah, I don't. I don't know why he needs to pick up that skill now. I mean, he made it this far in life. You've been to three programs, and you can't throw a ball five yards down the field, <laughs> except the one Oregon State. Oh. <laughs> well, let's move on here. Uh, let me get to our next. Careful, they have chainsaws. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys, calm down. Calm down, you guys. <laughs> Oh, that's that's my little delayed one. Yeah, that's my delayed one. Mm. Yeah, calm, calm down, Oregon State. Yeah, you're obscurity now. There's no need to get this upset. You see Northern Arizona getting this upset. Do you see Montana getting this upset? Calm down. That's that's who you are now. Just just live wow. with it. live with it. All right, you're in the Mountain West. They call it the Pack Two, but you're in the Mountain West for all time. And you pay twenty five million dollars to be in the Mountain West. Uh, let's move on here. So, <laughs> the next award. Originally, this was called the worst head coach award. And then after last year, after the firing of Scott Frost, it retained a name of this particular coach, uh, the aforementioned Scott Frost, who became the epitome of terrible coaching. I don't know if that's fair or if it's unfair. I think our current, I think our winner this year might be able to edge out Scott Frost here because I, <laughs> I think they did a lot worse. But for some reason, the name has stuck. This is the Scott Frost Award, the worst head coach award uh, in all of college football. Uh, let me get to our uh, 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 nominees here. But before that, <laughs> worst, worst head coaches. Is it fair to pick on a guy, worst head coach? I think all these gentlemen are fired. They don't have a job right now. <laughs> this is kind of like a Razzie, right? Like, like we're keen somebody when they're down. I think that all these guys are just happy that someone's talking about them because they're not certainly not going to be in the running for any new head coaching job. So I think that they're just honored to be mentioned at all in the shibbies. Well, you know, what's funny is all these guys have multi-million, got multi-million dollar buyouts. So, so don't feel bad for them. They are rich as fuck. They're going yes. to be fine. Totally, totally fine. Don't worry about them. Yeah, yeah. Give it up for millionaires, guys who don't deserve to get their money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Do, a ter- do terrible at your job and you get millions. Yes, it's great. <laughs> yes, this is the epitome of laughing all the way to the bank right here. Yes, is yes. These guys. Well, let me get to our nominees. So 
our first nominee. Terrible year. Got himself fired. Was always in the category of too big to fail, but yet he proved he could fail even if he was that big. Our first nominee is Jimbo Fisher from Texas A&M University. Oh, I should be playing the sound. (laughs) Our second nominee, uh, another gentleman who even bragged about not being fired because of his huge body and tempted fate by challenging the athletic director and the fan base to go against him from the University of Houston, Dana Holgerson. Now this next guy, he's more of the sad sack. He's the uh, he's the Jack Lemon of this bunch. Uh, never really got a fair shot. Was never at a place where he had a fair shot. Uh, kind of wrong to pick on him, but we needed another one in the category. From Indiana, Tom Allen. Now, not to be confused with Tim Allen. <laughs> Tim Allen is a wonderful, wonderful drug runner. Also, part-time <laughs> movie actor. <laughs> uh, notably, he's he's known for his movies, Christmas with the Cranks, and uh, his work with the Daily Wire. And what other obscure stuff does he do? He's a very very much a, a pillar of the community, a Jesus guy, other than all that drug running stuff. Uh, this is Tom Allen, not as evil, but just as incompetent from Indiana. And our last one, our last nominee, uh, this gentleman, he, he had it all. He turned the boat around, but somehow it all went south on him. And now, and now we'll be kicking himself in 2024 because the schedule the schedule for this team sets up so perfectly. It's going to be an eight-win team, nine-win team, no matter what. If only he could have treaded water long enough, he could have parlayed this following year into a huge contract. But unfortunately, he got done old yeller style from Syracuse University. Dino, is it Babbers or Barbers? Babbers. 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 Now, looking at our nominees, I mean, look, we see this come Oscar season. We see this with the Golden Globes. We see this with the Critics' Choice Awards. Sometimes you have a category. That's, let me give you a comp here. So as we go into the Golden Globes, as we go into the Oscars, there's going to be best song. We know what the best song is going to be. I'm just Ken. It's going to be that. We, We should just get it over with now. Like, There's no choice but to give that song an award. I feel like. This one is another no-brainer. How how did you think about this one? This one this one was you. This one was not unanimous. There was one person who who uh, went another way, um, but pretty much everyone else was on board. What were your thoughts when you saw this category? Yeah, this, this it was easy for me. I, I didn't. Uh, I mean, obviously, I looked at all the names to make my selection, but I mean, yeah, the, the one definitely stuck out and definitely had my vote right from Jump Street. Yeah, I, I kind of waffled. I, I was the one who, who stood by, but let's award it right now. Let me open up the envelope here. The winner of the 2024 Shibby for the Scott Frost Award Worst Head Coach goes to... Oh my gosh. We finally got something other than millions and millions of dollars. Jimbo Fisher from Texas A&M. <laughs> Jimbo, of course, led a terrible, terrible program, desperate for for success. The 
had the greatest recruiting class in the history of college football. Let me repeat that. He had he had the greatest recruiting class in the history of college football. The year before that, he had arguably top five recruiting class in all of college football history. Could not piece together uh, a winning uh, a a real next level uh, kind of winning season. One that kind of took him to the SEC championship. This is one we we always knew. Like this, the buyout was on the wall. We knew this guy was going to get fired. It, 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 do you blame this on Jimbo? Is this a, a man who who time has passed by, or is this just a program that just can't get out of its own way? No, I think especially with that amount of talent, if they had someone with his uh, <laughs> worth his salt, I mean, like. He, I I would be hard pressed to think that someone like Saban wouldn't have taken that group of elite five-star talent and not won a national championship with them. And, and Jimbo has won a natty. Like he was certainly capable of doing it at some, at one point in time. Uh, he's just not anymore. So, I mean, I, I don't know what happens, but um, yeah, I, I, I think he'll be okay. I think he'll still uh, be able to eat yeah, and sleep exactly. at night. $75 million buyout. Yeah, I guess that would that's the old joke. How do you sleep at night, Jimbo Fisher, on a big pile of money? Uh, and kind of a structured buyout. A buyout so much, so much, that Texas A&M uh, is now working with a Saudi Arabia conglomerate. <laughs> like, literally <laughs> push Texas A&M to, to work with Saudis. I mean, that, that's kind of... That's that's where we're at. And a structured buyout that kind of uh, doesn't break all the rules, but it's definitely the most unique buyout of all time and probably the highest college football buyout of all time. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, I mean, he didn't make history. He didn't make good history in, in College Station, uh, but he did make some history. And when I think back on him, I, I'll be thinking the only thing I'll remember besides the the huge buyout will be the uh, we mentioned this at the top of the show, the suspension of Reveille, uh, the suspension of a dog. <laughs> was not allowed in the office i'll think back to when his car got towed <laughs> and then he the people who towed his car would not answer the phone <laughs> i think i think back up those will be my fond memories of jimbo fisher at texas a&m and he did beat saban once so i guess that's something yeah i, I kind of wish him because notre dame leads off with a&m next year i kind of was hoping that jimbo would have stuck around one more year because now they got uh, Mike Elko, and I think that maybe that's going to breathe some light into that uh, that team. But we'll see. Ooh, yeah, in the, yeah, I in just uh, for voting purposes, I was the one holdout. I thought Dana Hol- Dana Holgerson was the more interesting. Worse, I, I felt like you can't give the obvious one. I, I felt like it was too obvious. I, I feel like that was an administration that always kind of had their hand in the in the kitchen. They never really gave him free reign, but I don't think it would have mattered. But I think Dana Holgerson. The thumb of your nose, like, what are you going to do? Fire me? How much money you have to give me? <laughs> go out and have a shit season and then get fired? I mean, it's almost like you talk about quiet quitting. You talk about work reform. You talk about that. That's I can't think of the name of the sub. Oh, that I always used to pick on. Uh, anti-work? Yeah, anti-work. You think about anti-work, quiet quitting. Uh, he is truly living out America, every American's wildest dream. Like, look, I get a great buyout. Screw you. I'm not going to do a good job. What are you going to do? Pay me off and fire me, and then he gets paid off and fired. Now he doesn't have to work. He so you did really to... think that uh, Jimbo was too big to fail? I did. I, I really thought they <laughs> would they wouldn't buy him out. I really, and plus I thought I'm I'm really I think anyone who listens to the show, especially the college football edition, I I'm a, a, a if I'm a uh, I'm a recruiting 
service whore. Uh, I love spring ball hype and I love recruiting service news and every without fail, every off season, uh, I, I'd be looking at rivals and on three and I'd be hearing about high school recruits and, and I'd, I'd be reading these and I'd always be shocked. I'd be like, look at this. This is shaping up to be the best recruiting class. I'm like, how can he not win with this recruit? <laughs> it's literally getting the best possible player. Look, all I know is when years ago, back in like 2014, uh, I ran the uh, Northern Arizona Lumberjacks in uh, NCA 14. And uh, I was able to get the best recruiting class two years in a row. And I was able to turn the program around. I don't know what Jimbo Fisher's excuse was. He, he should have he should have used the same strategy I used in NCA fourteen, and, <laughs> and he wouldn't have been here. He just he should have thought it, he should have used his head more. Yep. And by the way, I think uh, we'll get into this next week because during the offseason, just programming. You know, we do have a release date, and we will be dark that week. I am not joking about that. So uh, be advised. I believe it'll be July fourteenth through the twentieth, but we will let you know more as we move forward. Um, Let's keep it going. So the next category, ah, this is a great one, a great shibby. Uh, everyone appreciates this one. This is one that's near and dear to the hearts of every listener. It's the most embarrassing loss. <laughs> there were a lot of bad losses this year, but this is one that was unanimous. So there was there was no dissension when when we picked this one. Let me lay these out for you. So the nominees are. The 63-3 Georgia Bulldogs destroy Florida State Seminoles in the Orange Bowl. There was the 57-7 thrashing of the Longhorns destroying the Texas Tech Red Raiders in Austin after the Big 12 commissioner had called for Tech to take care of business. (laughs) There was the 31-10 beatdown from who? None other than the New Mexico State Aggies. And they beat down Auburn at home. War Eagle, more like Dead Eagle. <laughs> and then, of course, this is this one. I, I, I was tempted to vote, but I didn't go there. 38-21, Louisville gets smoked seven days after beating a top 10 ranked Irish team. <laughs> when you first saw this one, was there any inclination to, to, to give Louisville the nod? Or were there other ones that were just more tempting? No, I mean, I think the one that I voted for and it subsequently, uh, I believe, has a good chance of winning. Uh, I just met more. I mean, I, yeah. I think <laughs> like Notre Dame losing to Louisville in the first place, I think, was kind of just like a they just weren't on their A game. They had a, a series of uh, tough ranked matchups at night that were on the road and uh, just wrong place at the wrong time. and. Same thing kind of happened to Louisville. So yeah, the the other three are way more like, except the first one, the the, the Bulldogs and the Florida. This one, everyone knew Florida State was pretty much dead in the water. But these these middle two ones, there, Texas taking care of business. Maybe maybe Texas will finally get their their vindication on this show. Uh, please, if you would, Wrigley, please hand me that envelope, sir, or cat. <laughs> do you call a cat, sir? Let me open this up. Yeah, he likes uh, it. Let me open this up. All right. Who do we got here? Your most embarrassing loss. It does. It just means more. 31-10, New Mexico State Aggies defeat Auburn at home. 
this was wonderful. An SEC team losing at home to uh, our, our midweek favorite, or at least my midweek favorite, the New Mexico State Aggies. Uh, this is one that I, I think I remember when we did the show before when we were previewing this game. I was like, if only they could pull this off, that would be a really nice thing for Jerry Kill and would be would really put this program on the map because he's really turning things around there. And it's a shame that they only seem to play on Tuesday and Wednesday night, almost <laughs> exclusively on Tuesday night there for weeks in a row. And for them to pull this off, win against an SEC team at home against Hugh Freeze when Auburn wasn't great. They weren't world beaters, but they were starting to turn that, that they look, things weren't looking as depressing, but after this loss, there were some real questions there uh, in, in, um, in Auburn. I, I was shocked by this win, but yeah, I, I think this definitely is the, the, the most embarrassing loss for Auburn. There's no reason why Auburn should be losing to New Mexico state, a, a, a mountain West team that didn't even win its own conference. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Oh, man. And oh, let's keep it going here. Uh, ah, we have another one. This is another great one. And uh, this was another one that has a lot of spicy voting here. This one is the Transfer Portal Player of the Year. Now, we had, we had some household names. We had some big-time names. We had guys that kind of changed the game. Guys that we didn't even know were going to make it over here and be able to compete at the Division One level. And here they were shaking it up. Um, this is always interesting because when we look at these transfer portal players, I, I think last, I think originally we had Caleb Williams uh, was our, our transfer portal player of the year last year. I think it's obvious because of uh, the, the Heisman Trophy win and the great season that USC had, even though there was disappointment at the end. This season, it seems like uh, individual accomplishments seem to trump uh, team accomplishments with this award. What were your thoughts on this first one? This was this a hard one to vote for, or were you pretty set on who you liked? I was pretty well. I mean, torn because one of the nominees is near and dear to my heart, and near and dear to a lot of Irish hearts. But uh, yeah, that, spoiler alert: that's not the uh, the vote that I, I cast. I went for another individual because of the. The individual accomplishments for sure. Yeah. You know, the, it was really tough for me because I like, I knew that I really liked that one as well. Uh, and I just, the more I looked at it, the more I think about the long-term implications and just what it meant for a program that was dead in the water, but let's, let's get to our nominees. So our first nominee for transfer player of the year, Sam Hartman, quarterback, Wake Forest to Notre Dame. Uh, second nominee is Travis Hunter, cornerback, JSU to Colorado. Of course, the son of Neon Dion fame, Shadur Sanders, quarterback, JSU to Colorado. And a surprise pick, Haynes King, quarterback, Texas A&M to Georgia Tech. Made the Yellow Jackets relevant a thread in the pocket at every moment. Uh, really, really great players. Uh, I think other than Hartman, who's, who's heading off to the NFL, I think all three of these guys, the, the three that are going to be remaining in college football next season, I, I think they're all three names that we're going to hear over and over again. I could see any of these three winning baller of the year next year. Do you feel the same? Especially with these two Colorado guys, I, the team's going to be revitalized. I mean, just really really amazing talent all across the board and, and Haynes King doesn't get enough credit for his for his play either 
Yeah, very much so. I, I think, um, yeah, we'll only continue to see those guys grow. Yeah. To your point. And, uh, we'll see where they're at. And, um, uh, I mean, they, they won't be in a, we don't think that they'll be nominated for, for this, uh, category, but maybe, yeah, maybe for the should be baller of the year award. Definitely. It could, could happen. I mean, one of these ones really looks good, but let me, uh, let me get the envelope here, Wrigley. Uh, thank you, sir. Let me. And your transfer portal player of the year. Shadur Sanders quarterback, JSU to Colorado. Oh my gosh. Now, I will say I was the lone vote for, for Haynes King. Uh, I, I thought the, the work he did there in Georgia Tech, where it hasn't had good quarterback play in years, was was more impressive. But still, I was very impressed with Shador. Uh, both Cunty and Gump went with Shador. What was your primary reason for going with Shador as, as transfer player of the year? Yeah, just because of what he did. I mean, I think there was a lot of questions. You kind of mentioned it at the top. Like A lot of people were wondering if he was going to be able to make that jump up from from the FCS to division one. Uh, and he kind of did so seamlessly. I mean, there was especially talk at the beginning of the season when Colorado was doing so well, that this was a guy that was kind of like a dark horse for being in Heisman contention. And like, even when they started to, to, to pile up losses, like he was still for the most part, you know, behind a, a very depleted and, and crappy offensive line and is still putting up, you know, some pretty uh, good numbers and, uh, making a lot of individual accomplishments. So I, I thought that he, much like, you know, what I was saying with, with Penix, he kind of kept them in a lot of games and scoring points because their defense obviously was atrocious as well. But Shader Sanders, what he was capable of doing, kept them in a lot of games that they should have been, you know, blown out of the water. And so you got my vote? Yeah, I mean, I, I was almost tempted to vote for this as well because you're right. Like, I, coming into this year, I was really concerned. I was like, I wonder if they're going to. It's such a different HSB. What is it? HSBU historical historical black HBCU. Yeah, HCBU. These schools. It's not like they don't have talent, but let's be real. There's a reason why there isn't like a pipeline to the NFL. Typically, the, the ones who have that five-star talent or who have NFL talent, they usually go to these larger conferences. They usually go to the SEC or they usually bounce around mid-majors or and then make their, their jump where they kind of establish themselves at the mid-majors. We haven't seen a talent like this at a college like that since like Steve McNair at Alcorn State. There hasn't been someone who's all world had all the skills in the world. It, it's it's very annoying that it's Deion Sanders' son because it's <laughs> almost like you'd like to, I'd like to really root for the kid, but there's there's so much baggage that comes with him, and there but there's so much raw talent there. It's it's almost undeniable. It, it, I think my biggest criticism has always been of, of him would be when when as he continues on in college football, like. I wonder if being so connected at the hip to his dad kind of stunts his development because mm-hmm. really he's got all the raw talent in the world. I mean, just a joy to watch play. He was just cutting it up out there. And then also uh, another one that, that kind of stuck out in my mind, Travis Hunter listed as a cornerback, but at times when he was healthy, played cornerback and wide receiver. Yeah. As good as any cornerback and wide receiver in the country. We haven't For seen sure. a, even Dion in, in, in college was never that good at being a wide receiver. Like, yeah, he played wide receiver and there was, it was more trick plays. There was never a true cornerback who was that good of a wide receiver. Like he might be it. And it's, it's a shame that he's going to get Dion Sanders comparisons because Dion Sanders was never that good of a, uh, of a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, we might see Shador, though. Shador might be back with an offensive line, uh, a reworked offensive line, the actual best offensive line, literal best offensive line that money could buy, uh, and some of the best offensive line prospects in the country coming out of high school. There's no way that that this team is is going to be struggling so much like they did last year. If that offense clicks, they're going to be in a conference that scores a lot of points, doesn't play a lot of defense. This is like perfectly made for Shadour Sanders. Uh, he could have like a Bo Nix or Caleb Williams type year. Um, again, I, I think the, the the growth there would be stunted if if he got too much too fast. But that guy is really good, and so is Travis Hunter. Both guys to keep your eyes on as we go into 2024. But uh, let's take a, a second to step away for commercials. Uh, someone's got to pay the bills around here, and <laughs> this is great because I don't have to read this commercial. Eric, take us away. Yes. Today's episode is brought to you by Shiba Inu. SHIB, Shiba Inu token is the most exciting cryptocurrency in the world. Way back in 2021, Shiba Inu became the most popular crypto, surpassing both Dogecoin and Bitcoin on CoinMarketCap. And they became the sponsor to this award show. From being accepted by all major exchanges to being accepted at your local movie theater to paying for podcast advertisements just like this one, Shiba Inu is everywhere. You can buy hashtag SHIB on all the most popular coin exchanges like Mark's favorite of Coinbase. But the best place to find more information is by following at SHIB token on Twitter slash X. There you'll find the links to the Discord, subreddit, Telegram, and everywhere else to find more info on Shiba Inu, Diamond Paws, SHIB to the Moon, and a sincere thank you again, Shiba Inu, for sponsoring the Shibis. Uh, now we're going to take a, just a, a moment to kind of turn it down here for just a second as we get to as every award show does there's always one award well most award shows celebrate well not celebrate but they mourn the passing of all the great legends of of their respective genre for us we remember one legend one all-time legend coaching football legend college football coaching legend who always gave great quote always had a great thing to say at a press conference always had a fun time uh, both on and off the field, especially off the field. And his personality uh, kind of influences every other coaching press conference, especially when a guy gets off the chain. We don't see it in the NFL. We don't see it in the NBA, but we do still see it in college football. And it's one of the things that makes the sport unique. So this next award is the Mike Leach Award, best post-game presser or on-field interview. I, this is really depressing music. I'm going to stop the music at this point. <laughs> no, 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 no. Should I make a tasteless joke about like pedophiles again? Like, would that bring better? <laughs> I won't, but <laughs> Mike Leach Award, best post-game presser. There were a lot of ones. I mean, you know, we, we get to our finale, the Golden Taco. There were so many, uh, when I was looking back through here to find our nominees, there's so many unhinged press conferences between Dabo and uh, there's uh, some two great nominees here. Uh, there's one man who, who kind of submitted several entries like Tom Hanks in a busy year. He made <laughs> sure his name was going to get on the ballot somehow, some way. Uh, I love a post-game press conference. Uh, Eric, what are your thoughts on a, on a weird post-game presser? <laughs> yes. I mean, the, the man's namesake is very fitting. Uh, Mike Leach was the king of that kind of stuff, just a great, funny soundbite. Just <laughs> it, there, there's nothing like it. And so I think his namesake is leads to a very fitting one. And we've got some really good nominees. I'm excited to to see who walks away with this one. 
yeah, this one is is huge here. So we're gonna we, we got our four nominees. Let me give you our first nominee here. Uh, our first nominee for the Mike Leach Award for the best post game press conference or on field interview. The first nominee is James Franklin fights with reporter after twenty four fifteen loss to Michigan. Now, not to be outdone, our second nominee is James Franklin fights with another reporter in his famous, I don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> now, thankfully, there were some other coaches who had post-game pressers and meltdowns. Uh, early in the year, Eli Drinkowitz channeled his inner Mike Gundy when defending a player who was getting booed by the home team. And of course, bowl season had a ton of great moments. It had the pop tart, the mascot, the edible moment, uh, the, the point where the Kansas State players ate them. But there was nothing that quite met the energy or intensity of head coach of the Georgia Tech uh, Yellow Jackets, Brent Key, correcting a sideline reporter that Georgia Tech is, in fact, a Coca Cola school when they mentioned Gatorade. <laughs> This this one's a tough one, but we do have uh, we, we we do have our winner. This was unanimous; everyone basically agreed. We all think back to the same presser. I, I know I've quoted this at the bar myself here, and uh, uh, he is going to be in the building to recreate this moment for you. Uh, since we're in the theater of the mind, Wrigley, please give me that. No, give, give me, yeah, don't uh, give me, give me. Damn! <laughs> Thank you, Wrigley. Jeez. That's why we hide you. Okay, let's get to our winner here. The award for the Mike Leach Award, the best post-game presser or on-fault interview goes to James Franklin fights with another reporter. I don't even know what you're saying. It's like you're speaking Japanese. James Franklin <laughs> is in the house. James Franklin, please, sir, if you would, if you would re-encapsulate that moment for us. I, I don't really understand what you're saying because we would never like i'm like my skin is curling when you say just drop back and chuck it deep no matter what like like that is like i, I don't even know what you're i don't know what you're saying it's like you're speaking like for mars the guy in a post pattern take the shot throw it no matter receiver. what give your receiver a chance to make a play on a ball uh, even if he might be covered 30 yards down the field Maybe you think he'll be open 45 yards down the field and, and like Godwin did or with Jahan or KJ. We, you, we've you, we, like, like, I still don't like you're speaking Japanese. Like, <laughs> like we, we have never done that. Just throw the ball up and maybe he'll be open and maybe he'll catch. Like my skin is like, like my, I'm, my I'm, like you're making me uncomfortable. Like I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So okay. yeah, we 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 would not do that. We would never do that. We've never thought about doing that as a head coach, as an offensive coordinator, as a receivers coach. I coached the receivers. I didn't want them to do that. Um, so no, no, strong no. Like yeah. Is there anyone more dramatic this year than James Franklin? <laughs> I mean, Harbaugh always. Yeah. But oh, anyway. yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, that Franklin was definitely doing his thing. He's like, no, 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 hard no, no, yeah, no. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. He's just so, 
Yeah, I, I think Jim Harbaugh was notably left off. I think Jim Harbaugh's were so weird and unhinged. It, it's it's like I've mentioned that on the show. Uh, I, I got to give props to Cat Williams that he he made a great observation about Kanye West. You, you cannot tell a guy he's great and he's wonderful, and then when he goes off the deep end and he does weird shit, then you get a pick on him. It's almost like you, you got to be like, okay, there's something seriously wrong. <laughs> and it just so. It, it, Jim Harbaugh in, in his famous speech about his mother was left off this one because I didn't think it, I, I felt like it, there might be deeper issues at play there. And I didn't pick on a, a guy who's obviously got some weird thoughts, but James Franklin, I think is, is a deserving award winner here. Uh, a, a nice freak out. It meets all the requirements. He, he lets the reporter speak, like lets the reporter hang himself. He, he emphatically responds. And then he, he makes these wild jumps to like, I don't even know what you're saying. It sounds like you're speaking Japanese. We would never do that. No. And then he grandstands just, it meets all the requirements of a great press conference. A, a man who, who doesn't want to be there, doesn't want to answer questions. And instead of just giving you a curt Nick Saban, like no i'm not going to answer that he just decides like you know what i'm gonna <laughs> pick on this reporter when obviously the reporter doesn't know what he's talking about uh james franklin uh i would have preferred a little bit more a little bit more fun but i i do like a meltdown if, if you're gonna beat up on a reporter i'm all for that like i think it's okay because it, he wasn't like gracious about it just where he just like let the guy kind of slink away and just move on he just kept <sighs> poking at it it's like what are you talking i don't even know what you're saying he just kept going on and on about it, like belaboring the point it's just uh, i think that's what made it that much funnier well he, 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 there's a, a current example of this in the nfl i think it's uh, oh uh, todd bowles from the the um from the tampa Bay buccaneers like so they're playing in detroit and uh one of the reporters again this is a foreign reporter so now we're getting to the point now where like you have people who don't cover football who are there asking questions about football. We see this with the, the Hollywood foreign press. Like you have to extend them some grace. So there was a woman who asked like, well, because you guys are going to Detroit and I know weather has been a factor, in a lot of playoff games. How are you going to acclimate to the cold of Detroit being that you're from Tampa Bay <laughs> and Todd Bowles could have got up in her ass and could have been like, what do you, you know, how did you get here? And you can leave all of that to the commenters, to the internet commenters. Like, why is this woman interviewing? You could, there's all this time to freak out, but there is, there, there's in true classy fashion. He's like, he's like, well, he's like, well, they actually played a dome. So I think we're going to be okay. There's going to be some time where we have to get out of the car and we're going to have to be outside, but we don't feel like that's going to be a factor. We feel like we're going to be, <laughs> but James Franklin is not going to extend any grace whatsoever to any reporter at any time. And I am here for it. <laughs> The better the sound, the better the show. The weirder the stories, the better the show. So, like, when I hear, like, Georgia, that that there's a report out there that, like, 60% of the coaching staff has had multiple traffic violations. I love that. It's <laughs> great. It does help uh, <laughs> those those dark times when we don't have a lot of options for tacos. Uh, those The weirder, the better. Yeah, and, and if, you, pick them up. if you freak out after a worthless game that doesn't mean anything, when you won, by the way, 
<laughs> I hey, that's that's great A content. Uh, so congratulations on our winning our Immemorian uh, Trophy Mike Leach Award. Let me give you a little bit more of this: the beautiful sad piano instrumental song "Teardrops." Let me see if I can. Uh, ooh, let me see. All right, Eric. Now that we've slowed everything down to a halt, <laughs> now that we're bring, all uh, tying nooses together, yeah, uh, <laughs> bring the show back up. <laughs> uh, we've got Hold some on. fun ones for you. <laughs> you guys are a great crowd. I love this crowd. They're so they're so easy to work with. <laughs> Still some energy left in the building that Mark didn't suck out with that yes. uh, piano. So we're going to get back into some fun awards to, to keep the laughters going. Uh, this is our Coaching Carousel Award, the award for the best head coach in his first year with the program. Uh, we have four nominees for you, and those nominees are Brent Key from Georgia Tech. Good job went, moving them around. <laughs> they went seven and six. Uh, Luke Fickle from Wisconsin also went seven and six in his inaugural year. Jeff Brom from Louisville. Ten and four. And last but not least, uh, Deion Sanders from the Colorado Buffaloes went four and eight after winning just one game the previous year. Brought in Dion and did four times better. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. It was good. It was good. <laughs> the buffalo, the, the mascot almost killed himself. Come on now. Let's, let's give let's give <laughs> Let's not be James yeah. Franklin about it. Let's extend a little bit of grace. On his Spotify playlist, the Colorado Buffalo was that piano moratorium <laughs> music that Mark was playing. So I think we all would have been in that same boat. But the winner for the shibby for the Coaching Carousel Award, the best head coach in his first year with the team, goes to... Neon Deion Sanders, Colorado, 4-8. and eight. This was another, another split boat here. Uh, I'll give you my thoughts first here. I went with Brent Key, uh, overruled here. No, I can understand this. I can understand even Time Magazine named him uh, Sportsman of the Year. I, I, can, I can understand all of it because to Eric's point, this is a program that was basically left for dead. Before that hire, I mean, this was – because of that hire, they were able to exit the, the Pac-12. Uh, they were able to go – actually bring in recruits. The the stadium attendance totally changed. I mean, it changed the whole entire paradigm at, at Colorado. I can totally understand that vote. Not going to hold it against them. However, in my mind, as someone who who follows the sport obsessively, and I wonder like what's going to stick around for good, I'm always, always more impressed when a guy takes over a program that is like truly, truly hopeless and can squeeze something good out of him. I went with Brent Key. Uh, you went with Brom. What, what were your thoughts okay. with Brom? Uh, and and the, my other part of that question is like, can you live with Deion Sanders winning this award? 
I can because uh, man, I just like you mentioned. I mean, I, I agree that okay, well, they won, you know, four times the games that they won the previous season. So obviously, there was marked improvement by bringing him in there. They were three and zero at one point in time, and there was, as you mentioned earlier in the show, mentions of uh, Shadur Sanders. Uh, like in contention for the Heisman that was also thought like, are they ever going to lose? Are they not going to lose mm-hmm. until they get really deep into the, the PAC 12 schedule? Uh, and certainly, I mean, as we touched down in the very first award, they, they lost to a team that they had no right to lose to after being up multiple scores. Um, but yeah, he still, it, it was a circus. I think it brought a lot of kind of, unwarranted and maybe not the the most glamorous attention to the sport that we love but it also did bring a lot more eyes and attention you know people that didn't really care about college football before then started watching it just to see what would happen with Deion Sanders in Colorado which is you know for the good and for the bad as well but um so I I can't argue with him being there I went with Brown because it was a 10-win season I mean they, they did play for an ACC title game they did beat you know, my beloved Notre Dame Fighting Irish, pretty you know decisively. They were it was a team that, um, you know, on paper probably should have lost every game and ended up winning ten of them. So, uh, I, I think that had you know at least something to do with his his coaching props. So, yeah, he's kind of not getting enough credit there. I mean, that's that's, that's an amazing win, uh, amazing season for Brom, uh, an amazing season for Louisville. I wonder how much they're going to keep that up. Uh, but talk about going in there when the, the cupboard was was mostly bare and kind of turning things around without having all the hoopla. But yeah, right. to Deion Sanders' credit, I mean, no one got people talking more about college football early in the season than Deion Sanders. I remember at one point, you know, like, well, of course, Mina Kimes is breaking out the race card. We have uh, we have different colleges across uh, the the uh, historically black college and university group talking about he's the black head coach wondering if he would have received all the criticism or like basically all the controversial hot button topics that you could, that you could jam in. They usually go to the NBA or to the NFL, like everything hot button controversial was in the world of college football. And all the eyes were there. I think at one point there in, in one of those Colorado games in Boulder, you had Vin Diesel, Will Smith was in the audience. Chris Rock was there at one point. We're talking about a Boulder where they could barely pull 5,000, 7,000 fans last season. And now you got Vin Diesel sitting next to Chris Rock. I mean, it, it all because of, of the head coach that there is something to be said for superstar power there. And as we move into this new era, that's all based on money and status and what kind of attention you get. I mean, for better or worse, I mean, he's, this is, we kind of saw it with traces of Lane Kiffin. Like there, Lane Kiffin's always been like a, a character, but I don't think a guy's ever made his bones on, just being a character more so than Deion Sanders. Lane Kiffin's a right. an offensive mind. I mean, he's a character, but he's a he's a coaching, a true coaching talent. This is almost like the personality carries the coaching more so than the coaching is is a nice uh, a side dish to the to the personality. Well, I think with the Lane train, there's style and substance. I think with uh, Dion, we're seeing, and again, okay, they won four games when they had only won one the season before. So I guess there's a little bit of substance, but definitely with him, it's much more style. It's all mm-hmm. about what he can do for himself, about with, you know, books and albums. And uh, I know we're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about it later with his rap career and that being kind of brought back in the limelight. And 
um, you know, him being on television commercials and him uh, trademarking slogans. It's definitely (laughs) all about him and his brand and what it can do for himself personally, you know, because God told him to abandon those uh, poor black kids at Jackson State and, you know, and uh, secure the bag in Colorado. Right. He's he's really everything you want to be. If you're weird and Jesus-y, he's got the Jesus stuff. If you like flash and, you know, sticking it to other people, he's got that. If you like nationally known and ES people, ESPN uh, talking heads will salivate over. He fits that bill. And then he's got the absolute best coordinators around him to kind of, to back him up with the coaching and, and recruiting. That's, that's next to none. He's really like the, and then if, if you're looking for a villain because you don't like him, he checks all the boxes too. He's kind <laughs> yeah, of a, he. a nice primer of, of what kind of college football fan are you? Depends on what you think about Deion Sanders. I think it's kind of a, a, a great rubric to kind of figuring out the, the individual person. But let's move on. This next one is a really great one. Eric's going to present this one for you. This is our snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. This is our shibby upset of the year. And the nominees are. Oh, I just want to mention that every one of these, every one of these teams, every one of these upsets was an upset. The the, the team that won was not favored. So technically, so I, I just just in case we get emails, so I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, we got uh, Bama Georgia in the SEC title game. We got uh, Nick Saban. Uh, long before anyone knew that he was going to retire, he wins in Atlanta yet again, knocks the Bulldogs from competing for their third straight national title. <laughs> Bama featured again. They uh, hosted Texas. Texas is back for a little while anyway. <laughs> and finally cashes in a win against Alabama in Tuscaloosa of all places. We've got uh, Doug's favorite. Virginia, he actually called this one against North Carolina. UVA ruins North Carolina's unbeaten season and sends them into a death spiral. And finally, uh, Washington, Oregon. Penix takes apart our beloved Ducks after their stunning 20-3 lead, which then became a 34-31 victory. It was the first of two by the dogs over the ducks on their way to a national title appearance. And oh, 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 an upset so nice they had to do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> this shibby for snatching defeat from the jaws of victory are upset of the year. Goes to Doug will be happy. UVA, North Carolina. UVA ruins the Tar Heels' unbeaten season, sending them into their death spiral. Congratulations, (laughs) Cavaliers. Yeah, good job, Doug. Good job, UVA Cavaliers. This is one that the the Tar Heels are favored to win by 14, 17 in some sports books. The Cavaliers defeat them. Uh, this, like Eric said, causes the the Tar Heels to never be the same team the rest of the season. Struggle, uh, lose other games down the stretch. This is just, and I, I think non-casual college football fans knew like North Carolina will collapse. It's just a matter of when. Like this isn't this is the football team. Like they they're going to start falling apart. It's just a matter of when. But for this to be the catalyst, such a great upset uh, for a team that basically. 
didn't really have anything going for it and really didn't, wasn't able to make much out of it, but was able yeah. to have this uh, in a true nod to, uh, to college basketball, this one shining moment. Where, <laughs> wait, I, where, I should have had a rim shot. <laughs> where they were able to defeat North Carolina, just yeah, probably what the 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 bad thing. I guess the criticism of of this award and right, rightfully earned. But I guess my criticism is just what I said. Like in my mind, I knew North Carolina kind of Carolina was going to lose. It was just a matter of when. I just didn't well, think we'd the, Virginia. <laughs> exactly. This is the same argument with Colorado. We knew it was going to happen, but to Stanford. In double overtime, when it did, absolutely not. So North Carolina, yeah, we kind of we pictured it, you know. But uh, to the Cavaliers, uh, yeah, definitely not. I mean, no one saw that coming except for Doug. He actually got that one right. Of course, he said it every single week. So, you know, what's the whole adage about a broken clock? So, <laughs> yeah, he thought UVA was going to go to a New Year's Six ball. So let's take it, take it with just a grain of salt. I mean, uh, you. I, I if if ASU wasn't counted out of a bowl, uh, if they hadn't self suspended, I really would have thought of it like, yep, we're punching our ticket to, I don't know, somewhere like we're gonna be in a bowl, we're gonna go bowling. But yeah, to to but to to call that upset, uh, even though he called for every win, still doesn't doesn't knock the fact. It's still a great upset win, uh, best upset win of the year. Congratulations, Cavaliers, and continuing on in the idea of a rivalry. Uh, what's yes. your next award? This is our I Hate You Award. This is the best rivalry game from 2023. Your nominees for this esteemed shibby are the Rocky Mountain Showdown, Colorado 43 versus Colorado State 35 in double overtime. The game, Michigan 30 versus The Ohio State University 24. Great game, great game. Washington 34 versus Oregon 31 feels like <laughs> for, how did these how did it keep getting nominated <laughs> exactly my my question uh Red River shootout Oklahoma 34 versus Texas 30 uh there's another listing here but it has oh yeah that's okay. it, I, I have that. I, I think Wrigley chewed a little bit of that card here. It's the Iron Bowl, Bama 27, Georgia 24. That's the SEC title game. Uh, this was – oh, no. The, yeah, this is the SEC title game. Great, great. Game. So those are our nominees. Okay, and the Shibby. Cracking open the envelope. The Shibby – award for the I hate you for the best rivalry game in 2023 horns down forever it's the Red River shootout Oklahoma 34 versus Texas 30 they are not back in that game not this time you're wrong we're back no we got you when Texas wins tonight no way against the mighty SEC no way. Texas is back. This one was invented by a writer. I almost love that sound effect because I can get a drink of water. I, <laughs> I can go like, oh, that stop. Grab a drink of water. No, they, they, unfortunately, Oklahoma wasn't able to do anything with it, but that was a, a great win. Uh, didn't stop Texas from the, the from the success that they had later in the year. They still got their college football playoff appearance, but it was great to see, to stop Texas from being undefeated. Um, 
Oklahoma looked like they were they were rolling hot into that game. It, it felt like Oklahoma needed something to justify the season these two years under uh, uh, Brent Venables. Burnt vegetables. Burnt vegetables, as we like to call them. And he needed that win so bad. And it just came to fruition. That I, I love a good rivalry game where you can kind of you can justify your 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 kind of your missteps, your bad season, or maybe not your best season ever, by sticking it to your rival. Like that's what you mainly got to do. You, you can't stop Texas, but you can sure as hell you like cause them trouble along the way. And that that win was a real special one for Sooners. Um, I, it was my favorite. I, I know you voted for it. I voted for it. Uh, we were split here because. Uh, the other two members of our, our college football Jedi council loved the Washington, Oregon as the, as the, I hate you award rivalry game, everything on the line. Uh, they loved the first game. Uh, I put this in the hands of fate, random.org decided this one. Uh, and the, the computer, the computer says boomer sooners you made the right choice. Yeah. I, I- I don't know that I would be able to earnestly talk about uh, the, the Washington thing. Just the, the fact that it got brought up yet again for multiple <laughs> awards. Yeah, it doesn't sit right with me. I imagine it must definitely not sit right, right with you. So, yeah, it was one that I, I was like, I was like, I'm going to make sure this one gets the credit it deserves. Cause I'm going to be called a homer if I leave it off. So I was like, it, it, it should get its proper placement. It, it was an amazing win by Washington. We'll see if it ever happens again. If Dan Lanning can take care of business, if, you know, if only, if only he could coach against someone the coach is left in the checked out halfway through the week. If only something like that would happen. Maybe they could beat <laughs> Washington, but maybe, maybe next year they have all the tools. They have, they have the quarterback. <sighs> Duck it, man, you and I, buddy, we need to get together <laughs> and have a conversation with Mark to get him on Team Lanning. I don't know what what's more this guy has to do. I mean, certainly beat a rival. That's a, that's a big thing, but. Beat Shit, Washington. Man. Beat Washington in Washington. That's it. That's all I want. I just I just want the impossible. Just beat the, beat the team that's like for the national championship at home in Seattle. <laughs> uh yeah. Oh, this is this is another great one. And this is one that was the voting was intense when we had to go back around for it. Uh present this uh this next one here for us, Eric. This next Shibby Award is for the Group of Five Team of the Year. We have four nominees for you, all of them. Uh, I think very good selections and deserving. Uh, I think I would have agreed with the voting on every single one of these. So we'll see how this shakes out. You have the Liberty Flames who finished 13 and one got their uh, teeth kicked in by the Oregon Ducks (laughs) on a new year six, but at least they were undefeated until that time. Uh, New Mexico State Aggies, they were Mark's favorite all throughout the year. As you mentioned, uh, played a lot of early week games and won 10 of those. They went 10 and 5 on the season. The James Madison Dukes finished 11 and 2 in their just their second year. And no, this might be, was it their first year? First year, yeah. I think this was their first year. First year in FBS and went 11 and 2. Did get to play in a bowl after our all and still didn't matter (laughs) uh and the smu mustangs they finished 11 and 3 greener pastures in the all coast conference the acc but uh, to your point all good teams none of these teams they, they all had great seasons 
Uh, I think any one of these teams could have won the award. This is one that there, there was, there was no consensus on. It, it, it came down to a second round of voting. Um, I would not budge. Uh, it, it was, it came down to Gump and Cunty fighting this one out. Uh, because there was just no good. The first round, there was a vote for New Mexico. There was a vote for each one of these teams. Everybody had a different team pick for this one. It wasn't until the second round of voting that Gump and Cunty found some, found some common ground. And a lot of it was based on what Eric just mentioned. But Eric, uh, who is our group of five team of the year? The award goes to Shibby for the group of five team of the year. It's the Liberty Flames who finished 13 and one. Yeah, I, I to Eric's point, I think this is what moved the needle when, when, when their argument got started on the group text was undefeated regular season. Yes, they got destroyed by Oregon in a bowl game that nobody showed up to. Like, yes, it's obvious that they were going to get blown out if they played a New Year Six, but they were undefeated. They were the best team uh, of the group of five. They won their conference without issue. Um, I think that was the thing that held back New Mexico State. Didn't necessarily win the conference. SMU was was my vote. Um, I thought that New Me- I thought SMU did did more than enough. I think they play in a of the of the group of five, I think they're in one of the more, gosh, I'm not going to say better, but yeah, they're in one of the better group of five conferences. They played a good out of conference schedule. They actually have real talent. I really liked what SMU did. I think they're going to go into next year, going into the going to the ACC the right way. You went with James Madison. What what was your thought process was going I with did. the Dukes? Because it was like we mentioned, it was their first year in the FBS. Coming, like we see a lot of teams that come up from the FCS level uh, that maybe even have some success in the FCS. They get up to the FBS, you know, Bowl Division One, and they can't hack it. You know, you have teams like uh, UMass that previously mm. was. I mean, they were never like earth shattering or groundbreaking in the FCS, but certainly a successful program. And they come up to FBS, and now if they win one game a year, it's they're lucky. And uh, but James Madison, they didn't miss a beat. You know, certainly, you know they're in a conference where it's <laughs> not a whole lot of talent. So I mean, um, the favorable schedule certainly, and they did end up losing a couple of games. But an eleven and two season in your first year in the FBS, that's nothing to sneeze at. So yeah, I I really thought about voting for them. I just. <laughs> I looked at that conference schedule. I just, I liked SMU better and I wasn't ready to jump on the, the, the bowl game result really held Liberty back for me in my mind. I just wasn't going to do it. And I felt like if I voted New Mexico, it would have been a, uh, like too much of a homer pick. So it's like, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to lean towards SMU. I'm going to stick with my guns. I, I could have Cunty at one point was willing to, to, willing to swing a vote New Mexico State's way if I would revote my way. And I was like, we don't deal in backroom dealing, my friend. We've we, 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 we got to have a clean second round of voting. So uh, uh, Liberty Flames, uh, well-deserved uh, group of five yeah. team of the year. And uh, I will take us into this next three, these last three awards. So just like we get to the end of Oscar night, we get to the big ones. We'll get to the granddaddy of them all. And the first one, is one that's well beloved on this on on, on this uh, on this show. Uh, everybody loves an old man still playing college football. So, 
without further ado, this is the Old Man River Award Senior Player of the Year. We talked about these guys already. These names are familiar. All four were in the not in the running for Baller of the Year. All four are seniors. All four are quarterbacks. Let's get to the nominees. So your first nominee with 2,756 yards passing, 20 touchdowns, and only two interceptions, Jordan Travis, quarterback, Florida State University. With 4,648 yards, 35 touchdowns, nine interceptions, and a blank space on his shelf where the Heisman Trophy should be, Michael Penix Jr. Quarterback, quarterback from Washington. Anyway, Jaden Daniels, quarterback LSU, 3,812 yards, 40 touchdowns, only four interceptions, 10 rushing touchdowns, Gene Daniels. Former, former Arizona State Sun Devil and our last nominee, of course, had a great Heisman campaign, had billboards all across this country and New York City with 4,508 yards, 45 touchdowns, three interceptions. Mr. A man who's been around college football for what seems like forever. Quarterback from the University of Oregon, Bo Nix. Now, I'll tell you, this was almost a clean sweep. There was only one person who stopped this from being a unanimous vote. But Wrigley, if you would, the envelope, please. Thank you, sir. Sir Cat. And your Old Man River Award. Senior player of the Oh, oh I'm going to be accused. Bo <laughs> Nix, quarterback, University of Oregon. 45 touchdowns. Three interceptions. In my mind, when I went to voting, and, and this, this only had to go one round, but I did try to talk to Cunty into, into this. Who's been around longer than Bo Nix? It feels like it feels like this guy has been like he's he, he's. I can't think of a player who who's bounced around college football for so long. Uh, when I think of true true seniors, like I knew Penix was a senior. He's been here forever. Two ACL tears, uh, two schools. Travis, I forgot was a senior. Daniels, I forgot. I remember looking it up, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess they are seniors. But when I think of true seniors old guys i mean this guy has a wife and kid. <laughs> he's out there slinging it for oregon uh give me your thoughts on bo nicks winning old man river award yeah it feels like he has been around forever i think he actually did set the record for like the number of starts as a quarterback because he had you know multiple seasons at auburn before coming over to oregon and uh just a phenomenal year he also set another fbs record for uh completion percentage like what was it, like 78 something percent like i mean just astronomical season for him you know 4500 yards 45 touchdowns just three <laughs> interceptions i mean this is a guy that threw i think what through i at least two interceptions in that game against georgia in the, the first game of the season last year mm-hmm. and he only threw three through uh over the course of 13 games this season just uh, a phenomenal i i gotta kind of pat myself on the back because I, I definitely saw, I don't think a lot of people, maybe even yourself included 
I think you're a little bit more open and receptive to it, but a lot of people, I don't think after the season that, or the, the career that he had in Auburn, didn't think that he was going to be able to replicate that in Oregon and didn't think it was going to work out. I was like, man, uh, going from the SEC to the pack, this guy's going to have a field day. I think that he is going to completely revitalize his career. And it did. So, I mean, I, <laughs> to again, pat myself on the back a little bit for that one, but yeah, Bo Nix really fun to watch uh, as a duck. And, um, Definitely deserving for this award. Yeah, I think a, a duck man who who made the point to me and he has made the point to me that all this year was like, when this guy's gone, you're going to miss him. You're going to be like the next quarterback. You're going to be like, he's like how spoiled you are a, a year away, a, you know, just two years removed from Anderson and Cristobal out there, just throwing <laughs> the ball randomly all over the field that you could, that you could come back with any Bo Nix <laughs> criticism. And I was like, okay, okay. I, I kind of let off. I definitely Last year, I was not let off on my my I I suspect certain things about Nick, especially that Washington State game. Last year was a the Georgia game. There was a Washington State game, almost uh, cost the team. There was the the struggles when they got Atlanta Falcon by the Beavers. This year, yeah, he's been he's been he's played lights out it, for those losses that they had. Both of those losses against Oregon, it, it wasn't on Nick's. That was just defense and not making adjustments. So there's there's nothing Nick's could do wrong. Is he still? Is he? Can he take my number one spot away from Mariota or from from Captain Quack? No, no, he can't. He can't even take. He can't take my number two spot away from 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 Joey Heisman. But I, I have to admit, yeah, that this this year, these past two years, Bo Nix has proven for a guy who was basically laughed out of Auburn and was it was questioned about. Yeah, of course he would go to the Pac-12. Who knows if he's going to make it there? Uh, there was a, a strong SEC contingent that thought he was a bust. Like even. At, when he transferred, and uh, I remember the news when he went to Oregon, all the everything that was written about him was that he's a bust, can't throw the ball, uh, struggles to, with his accuracy down the field. Uh, don't it, there was even the criticism was like, will he throw more touchdowns than interceptions at, at Oregon? Jeez. And forty five touchdowns, three interceptions. I think yeah, he, that's he, answered. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's if there is one guy, I think in in college football. And this is what's great about the transfer portal. The one good thing about it is like a guy can go from being at a school where he's basically run out of town, ridiculed, and then to go to someplace else and then actually prove it, have great success. I I, I got to give the man. And it will be sad next year. I'm, I'm hoping uh, Dylan, uh, how do you pronounce the last name? Raiola? Raiola? No, it's Dylan Gabriel, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No, okay. Yeah, it's Gabriel. Yep. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm hoping that they have some continued success, but it's going to take him at least a year to get warmed up or at least to get kind of in the system uh, now that we're going to keep the coach. But man, Bo Nix has, has done some unbelievable things to Oregon. Still not happy with landing those defensive adjustments. Still don't <laughs> think he's a good defensive coordinator. And that's what he's supposed to be, but no fault of Bo Nix, no fault of Bo Nix and more than deserving of this award. You're here. Uh, on the show, not only do we like to appreciate and celebrate the winners, but we love and appreciate to celebrate the losers even more. So it's this next award that is near and dear to everyone's heart. I've got a couple of emails about this one. Uh, we could have had six teams on here. A lot of people like to email and nominate their own team, but unfortunately, <laughs> I was not going to take uh, votes. There was an Ohio State fan who wanted to have Ohio State in this category uh, for underperforming. Waiter. We had 
Yeah, <laughs> the right in vote that wins it all. Ohio State, worst program. Wrap it up. <laughs> worst program of the year. Wrigley, <laughs> you just can't write that on the envelope. You can't, I know it's not the winner. You can't write it on the front of the envelope. You can't. That's not how this works. But our dumpster fire award, quote, worst program of the year, your nominees are He Knows Who Killed Tupac, and he'll tell you if I go to his school. But you might not win any games. Jim Mora Jr. and UConn coming at three at nine. And not to be outdone by their U school counterpart is a school that showed promise for all of 15 minutes <laughs> the first couple games of the season. The UMass Minutemen also at three at nine. Now, of course, we all know the West Coast is the best coast. And who else could hold that crown for worst teams if it wasn't for the Nevada Wolfpack coming in at 2-10? and And then we go back east to a little southern flair for Louisiana Monroe, Raging Cajuns, 2-10. and And our last nominee, known for disasters, known for tragedy, both on and off the field. <laughs> Kent State at 1 and 11. Oh, uh, well, National Guard. Uh, yeah. well, buckle up, folks. <laughs> this, this is your Dumpster Fire Award Worst Program of the Year. I, I don't even know how you accept this award. I, I, I wish there was physical awards I could mail through this universe. <laughs> like, congratulations. You're the worst program this year. It's been recognized on a national show. But let me get to our champion, Wrigley, if you'd please. Here we go. I have my envelope here. Ah, and the number tragedy. One with the bullet? Yes, number one with the bullet. The tragedy continues. Penn State University at one. Oh. Yeah, I just I I think this is a unanimous vote. I think when you look at one and eleven, it does it it literally does not get any worse than one and eleven. Um, like the kind of hopelessness I like I don't know like you could only experience if you were trying to find the love of your life in Central Wisconsin. I mean, it's kind of just. Is that was that too much? <laughs> was was that too much? <laughs> he won't get this far. <laughs> Audience, I, I'm going to need you. To, I'm going to need you to check me out. Oh. I re- I really should have downloaded a boo sound. <laughs> oh, Is there a boo hiss sound? <laughs> Uh, what are your thoughts on? Uh, um, hold on, I think I did find a boo sound. <laughs> yeah, what that's, your- what all, that's what all the fans were doing in the stands for Kent State. Yeah, this was uh, an obvious choice. <laughs> so, yes, thank you. I know that was grown worthy for sure. Yeah, really obvious choice for me. One in 11. Uh, uh, that's piss poor i mean you feel for them because it wasn't that long ago that they were actually a pretty decent team in the mac so i mean definitely have kind of fallen on hard times and yeah i think obviously the only thing worse would be going to 0 and 12 so i mean i guess good for them that they snuck a win but i mean like imagine being the team that lost to a 1-11 catch day 
Like that's even more depressing. I think. I think the the, the dumpster fire A award goes <laughs> to whoever, to whoever lost. lost to Kent State. Kent State. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, uh, we got to make sure we get to this. So this is the most one of the most coveted ones. There are two. There's best actress. There's best actor. Or there there's best actress. No one cares about actor. There's best actress. One of the most important ones. There's best. There's movie of the year. This is our best actress. This is one everyone weighed in on. So many emails about each time a song got brought up on the show. It was like, that's <laughs> the one. People are split. They either there's three quarters of you that love the music and love that there's so much music on their show. There's about a quarter of you that absolutely hate it and wish it would stop playing the music for so long. Uh, but the three quarters carry it. This show. I think shockingly, unlike a lot of other podcasts or sports talk shows, I think is, is kind of, and this is what's been so wonderful about uh, file entertainment and being able to do that show is like, this show is directly influenced by pop culture and music becomes a huge thing on this show, both not only on our shows ever since we've been doing this, but even on the Friday show, music, the talk of music appreciation, what, what's good, what sucks, like has always been the forefront. If this is a college football show, I'd say, one A is college football. One B might be music, <laughs> uh, or maybe movies. I guess I guess it would be two A, two B would be music and movies. That's like what go. drives the conversation here. We had a lot of music this year, just so many amazing numbers, and thankfully, thankfully, because of our wonderful uh, because of our wonderful space here in the Sheridan, we actually have the bands and they're ready to perform just a little bit of their songs for you, so you remember. So let's start with our first nominee. So, and I'll get your thoughts, Eric, as we go along here. The first nominee, they set the world on fire for a time during the college football season, during the World Series. This song took over radio airplay. It took over uh, streaming services. This song took over TikTok. It literally, this literally went from a band that was playing a carnival crew <laughs> to a band that was playing front and center at the world series. It's a song that pumps people up. It makes people happy. Uh, I'm not sure it made, I'm not sure if it ever made happy, but let me give you a little bit of our first nominee. I present to you. And it, people called it the, uh, the, the summer of Creed or the mm-hmm. summer and fall of Creed. It's the band Creed and their song higher. So here's the bad thing. I, let, let's get right. What I need. I, I know what I need. So at one point, we believed this song fueled not only Notre Dame, but Oregon to victory. So we had to keep playing it. Yep. <laughs> As we look back on the end of the year, the end of the college football season, what, what were your thoughts on hire? Were you rooting for a loss before we'd stop playing hire? No, absolutely not. Like if it would have actually been successful, I, I would have uh, not happily ridden it all the way to the end. But uh, yeah, I definitely would have endured it a lot longer. It, as soon as there was a loss and we knew that they weren't combined, I'm like, all right, get the shit out of here now. <laughs> yeah, this, okay, has move on. To, this has to stop now. Now, another song. 
that took over the show and it started on the Friday show and it worked its way to this show and it became more of a punchline <laughs> for our, for our lovely co-host, great friend, Jared. Uh, it's a song that the fans became weirdly obnoxiously fascinated with wondering why I couldn't play more of it and asking for a breakdown of the lyrics. <laughs> there, there, we, we had a request to uh, write a movie uh, with this song as the, as the main theme um, starring Nicolas Cage and drag, which I was like, I was like, I don't think I have, a, <laughs> I don't think I have the creative chops to, to pull off said, said project, but uh, it was broken and beautiful by Kelly Clarkson. Let me give you a little bit of that. For me, I know I'm super warm. I know I'm strong. I know I've got this cause I've had it all along. I'm phenomenal and I'm enough. To tell me who to be. Can someone just talk? She really belts it, man. I gotta give her that. Me. I mean, it's just a terrible, terrible song, but she really. Don't fix me. Don't try to change a thing. Can someone? Eric, your thoughts on Broken and Beautiful making its way to possibly winning Song of the Year? I mean, I feel like you teased us a little bit there. Like, I feel like, wasn't that like the next line? You got to get to like oh. the broken and the beautiful. You got to let it play out, man. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Just know me, I'm broken and it's beautiful. There you go. I'm broken and it's beautiful. Bro- wow, she really, she, she gives it up. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this one? Possibly winning uh, song of the year. Yeah, uh, you're right. I mean, what a delivery. A terrible song. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know about like, the message of the song is good. good yeah, yeah. I think I think it's not very strong. Her delivery, yeah, pretty decent. Um I, I approve the message. I don't like the song, <laughs> but sure. there's a there's a couple people. There's a couple people in art. And let me, because I've been so shitting on Kelly Clarkson the, the past year. There's a couple of people in art, in the world of art, who you hear something they create and you're like, that person is so done. They've lost it. They're garbage. And then you could hear the very next thing they create and you'd be like, they're so fucking back. Like, I can't believe this. <laughs> and who would have ever counted this person out? There's, there's Nick Cage. There's Ridley Scott. There's Kelly Clarkson. Those are your your holy trinity of of it's so over. I'm they are so back. <laughs> well, I, I, anyway. I kind of think that you thought the same thing with Katy Perry as well until mm-hmm. you heard that. Uh, what's the Canadian commercial song? Oh yeah, she's another one. Yeah, just you, you go. I, I hear or, no, not sling. Um, uh, just eat. Let me see. I think I have that one too. Let me see. Uh, oh, that's another one that should have been uh, on the uh, on the docket for for song of the year. That's another one that that won our hearts. Uh, the problem there was. Um, let me get to all my. I have a whole list of. Uh, I have a playlist song called Katy Perry, and it's literally every it's every song I like from Katy Perry, which is sixty songs by the way. But this is wow. This is it, it's it, this. Is, remember, this is a commercial. The, but I'm going to put this. Screw this. I'm sorry. Sorry, studio audience. This one's getting put in the in, back in the hopper. Here. Let me give you a little bit of Justy. This is remember. This is a commercial. This is a commercial for a, a Canadian knockoff DoorDash company. Did somebody say just ding, ding, dong, ding, 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 ding. 
wonderful. It's just how how could the best song that Katy Perry wrote in the past like you hear some garbage like Harley's in Hawaii and you're like you're like what the hell is going on over there? Like what is she doing? Just wasting her talent. Terrible blonde hair. Uh, you know, terrible dye job terrible song just like thank god she's pulling a check for american idol because i don't know who would give her money for singing and then <laughs> and then she drops totally redeems herself a banger like just <laughs> eat papaya salad while i sing a ballad look i don't know if she wrote the lyrics but i I love Roar, but this has got better lyrics than Roar. It's got more you messages than Roar. Roar. Roar has got one of my favorite song lyrics of all time. I went from a zero to my own hero, which is like probably the greatest song, the greatest lyric in all of popular. I went from a zero to my own hero. Come on, come on. There should be a, a legend award for that. So we'll, we'll throw that in the hopper. But Eric, there was one song during the, the rise of Creed while Creed got all the attention. There was another song that got mentioned in passing that became the backup song or the secondary song. But somehow the fans clung to it. They loved it more. If they were going to hear Creed, they wanted to hear this one, uh, a, a band that never kind of got its due, a song that's totally underrepresented in media. Uh, I present to you. Buck Cherry and lit up. And right from the opening bars, you're like, Yeah, Buck, this yeah. kicks ass. Buck, yeah. Oh, Bobby Petrino's like, yes, please. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am there. Such a crap leader. I don't know how I think we got into this song because we were talking about Cock Rock and Creed and and we were talking about other Cock Rock bands and and how this was such a banger. Now I think we I think I, I heard it for the first time when we talked about it on the show and I was like, oh my gosh, maybe this is a better pump up song than higher. Higher you gotta wait till way in like a minute in before you even get yeah, to this this, this, this like, right from jump street, you're you're into it. Is is laying it out. And then of course there was one final song that's in contention. Uh, this one, uh, it, gosh, it, we, we talked about Deion Sanders has already walked away with one shibby. And this song was part of a larger retrospective. And it kind of grabbed the imagination of our listeners as well. I present to you before he became head coach, but after he became a player, there was Deion Sanders rap career. And this is his hit single must be the money. By the way, I just want to stop right here. This guy is in charge of young people. <laughs> Molding young minds. He's in charge of them. <laughs> I get some pepper. 
So there's a kid away from home for the first time, probably in most cases, probably didn't grow up with a father and like they're getting a chance to get a college education, probably make some money playing football, live out their dreams. And this guy right here, he's going to be the guy in charge, making sure your child's safe. We didn't say what he's molding it into. He said (laughs) it's molding your minds into what? That's anybody's guess. There's Nick Saban talking to to you and your child saying, I'm going, if he he wants to work hard enough, I'm going to make him, he can be an NFL player, but I can guarantee you if he leaves Alabama, he's going to be a better man. So there's that. Yeah, we talked about this at the time. This is like the song of college football. This kind of makes sense. Well, like, I wonder, you know, when Rome burned, there had to have been people who kind of ironically enjoyed it, who were like, yeah, you know what? I'm all right with this. Like, We didn't need all these buildings. This is the greatest song to celebrate the death of college football. And it is nominated here for our shimmies. This is one of the most. Hard five categories. There's only one higher category. Eric, before we before we announce it, what what are your final thoughts here? If we get to our song of the year, well, Wrigley is uh, kind of he, he's nudging me like, why is Old Dominion's Meow Mix version <laughs> not? I mean, th- this is a, a song that's featured every single week, and he's like, this is my category. Why is that <laughs> song from my category not? I, I think he's a little upset. Ooh, he's throwing well. off backstage. He's oh my gosh, he's well. knocking water bottles. Oh my god, Wrigley, uh, oh, not cleaning that up. Uh, Wrigley, I'll give you. We'll... We've had it for more than you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, uh, let me, uh, Eric, if you'll hand me that that envelope because Wrigley has yes. already walked off set. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's he's gone. He's moody. He's moody. Hey, you can't help it. Stars and talent, they're they're going to be a little, you can't hold it against. All right. So let's get to our winner. Let me see. And the Evil Mark Show Song of the Year. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I thought it. I thought it would be them. I thought they were going to take us hard. I thought they were going to take us higher. But no, no. This. We're on a plane with Coco. <laughs> feel like this one this one we totally 100 got right the the vote was split this was not unanimous there was one voter uh no there were two voters uh gump and cunty gump liked higher he thought that we we had much more play out of that he liked it more uh cunty loved must be the money he loved Deion sanders he, he <laughs> thought it was a great song but me and you uh obviously the host of this show we saw the true value in this we knew what the evil Mark show song of the year would be. We found it by accident. We weren't trying to make a joke. We stumbled upon it and we stumbled upon magic lit up as song of the year. Give me your thoughts. Absolutely. It's great. I, I don't know. I think I might've even brought it up it, uh, intentionally when we were talking. I don't really remember, but I remember when you brought Creed to the table and I'm like, yeah, I, I think we kind of said similar things at the time. Like Buck Cherry seems like it, you know, lit up definitely feels like it would be more of a song kind of in the vein of getting you pumped and i think yeah hell yeah 
So thank you, Buck Cherry. So I think it holds up. I like it. And make sure you guys are following on Twitter because tomorrow when this is when we when we put it in the automator and we announce our awards, Buck Cherry will be tagged. We're gonna let them know that they won song of the year. Oh hell yeah. Because they never got recognition for being such a great band, and they never got enough recognition for such a kick-ass song. It's about time. Even though it's 2024, it's long overdue. Well, well Creed was enjoyable. It had its moment. We had the, the summer of Creed into the fall of Creed. We even, for some of us who really loved the song, who liked it ironically, but then started to like it unironically, <laughs> we had Creedmas on TikTok. But, but <laughs> we have to go with the fans. We got to go with who they chose, with who who Eric liked, who I liked. The song that moved us, it was lit up by Buck Cherry. Congratulations to them. <laughs> the second greatest award, but we're getting to the first award. Fans, if you will, let us get to the, if, if I know Wrigley is, is storm upset, but I'm having <laughs> them wheel out the golden taco. Now, there is illustrious company for the Golden Taco. If I rem- may remind you, Texas, the monkey biting the child's face, won the first Golden Taco. Um, uh, last year, we also had an amazing story win the Golden Taco. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Sound bin. This will be fascinating. I can't tell you because I can't. I don't know what I did with the file because I have other stuff up, but we'll get to this one. This is the most coveted award. If the Shibbies are the most coveted award in all sports, this is the granddaddy of them all. This is your Crystal National Championship Award. We've looked at all our tacos this year. We took our voting from our Jedi Council, but I based it mostly on the email responses that we got. So when we do these tacos, are usually the funnest part of the show. It's a chance where we get to do our most writing. We get to have our most fun. And I'm always shocked by the ones that you guys kind of enjoy. it's always interesting when, when I hear back from you, you're like, oh, yeah, that's great. Like, oh, that's hilarious. Did you see this? You guys love tacos. We love giving the taco awards. And of all the tacos we've done this college football season, this is the one that got most reaction. We did take voting on this, but I, I didn't care how the voting went because I, I went by based off email reaction. <laughs> we got more emails about this than anything else, both positive and negative. I've, I mentioned in the last award, three-fourths of you love the music. One-fourth of you do not like it. But you all agree that that this particular bit won your heart. But there were a lot of different ones that might be out there. Let's get to our nominees. So the first nominee for Golden Taco, the best taco of the college football season, was Poverty Promotion is Painful, Liberty, All Gas, No Breaks, Right Off a Cliff. And this, of course, was Liberty using a Buick in their <laughs> video and <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful story. This is one that Eric brought to the table. Uh, the video is perfect. The pictures are perfect. The video is great. And the fact that it's a Buick is just the censure. It's liberty. It met all the requirements for a weird story, meets a weird pop culture, just a nice criticism of everything. Um, our next nominee is one that I brought to the table. And thank you, uh, Reddit college football user who actually made this post on Florida State's football uh, subreddit. And this one is entitled, Where the White Goth Bitch is at? FSU student considers transfer because of lack of goth girls at Florida State University. 
and this of course was a listener or this of course was a reader of reddit who who was upset and wanted to know where more goth girls were available in the southeast so he could transfer <laughs> colleges because he felt like he'd been cheated at florida state um and then also if you follow his post history he was he, he, there were two things he was upset about this year the, the goth girl situation and then also the screwing over the orange ball uh, invite so rough year for for that for that redditor um our third nomination is old man in the angry day ryan day calls out lou holtz after defeating Notre Dame. a lot of great rivalry this year a lot of weird rivalry there was paul feinbaum versus rick flair but ryan day versus lou holtz was probably the most bizarre. I still remember that that on-field interview. It, 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 I almost considered for on-field interview of the year. It's just too for me. I was like, I don't like the fact that Ryan Day was picking out Lou Holtz. Is is, but then Lou Holtz trolls him back. You're a Notre Dame <laughs> fan. Were you proud of Lou Holtz, or were you like this guy's always a spectacle? It's no big deal. <laughs> column A, column B, <laughs> like. <laughs> That's a very judicious answer because <laughs> I I only presented with you. You have to co-sign every weird shit Lou Holt says, or you have to yeah, no. defend Absolutely Ryan Day. <laughs> no, I mean uh, Sweet Lou. I mean he uh, won a natty, the last one to do so. So I mean, obviously he's always going to have uh, a lot of uh, Irish faithfuls support from that. Uh, it definitely when it's up against Ryan Day, but some of the other wacky zany stuff that he says can't co-sign him on but certainly we're in his corner against ryan day for sure and then there was the uh oh this one might be the favorite in the clubhouse the oedipus swimsuit competition jim harbaugh makes it weird and sexual about his mother this was <laughs> actually no no crowd you're, you're not you remember he said he likes his team like he likes his mom in a bathing suit one <laughs> yeah it's it's that terrible it's weird it meets all the requirements for an evil mark show taco one it's got a, a crazy coach jim harbaugh two it's got weird sexual overtones <laughs> and three it makes everyone uncomfortable a great writing point to to get off your your next idea and our last one also in the competition for golden taco uh this is one that split the crowd they they, they weren't sure if they loved it or they hated it uh the <laughs> Dion sanders musical retrospective mini file under entertainment episode Dion sanders edition <laughs> where i sideswipe eric with five Dion sanders songs <laughs> and i was told even by people who like this segment that it ran too long <laughs> <laughs> As someone who who, who likes to sideswipe Eric with sometimes with these music ones, uh, and maybe it'll have to be a movie one next college football season, it, it's the best thing ever. I love doing a mini file on entertainment, especially when it's something I know we would never get on the real entertainment. So for the to use the music and the sound effects, and we even played Is It Hootie in that, that particular one. <laughs> we did, yep. Which really upset people because they were like, I thought the bit was over and Mark won't quit. <laughs> so we'll get to the golden taco right now. Fans, friends, countrymen, listeners, shit posters, trolls, uh, uh, degenerates. We have our golden taco and the winner is you'll hand me the, the special golden envelope. Uh, thank you. Dan Cortez is here. Please g- give it up for him. Give it up for him. 
Thank you, Dan Cortez. Thank you. Thank you for filling in for, for Wrigley. And who knew he was just outside mopping? We got him right in here. Dan Cortez. Here he is. Thank you, Dan Cortez. Thank you. Here we go. Let's see. Who gets the golden taco? I don't know why I took a chance to shit on Dan Cortez. He's all right. I met the guy. He's, he's an all right guy. Uh, the golden taco goes to? Yeah, you met him outside mopping. Okay. Hey Dan, you, you can't hang out here. You got to go back into the hallway. Someone's got to <laughs> clean the floor, bro. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you later who wins. <laughs> Our winner is the fans have spoken. I voted this. Actually, I didn't vote for this. Gump and Cunty voted for this, but our fans are the ones that carry the day. The Dion Sanders musical retrospective mini file under entertainment episode uh, must be the money uh, is what we're calling it. Uh, Eric, give me your thoughts on this. Well, all right. You were subject to listen to the music of Dion Sanders for a good I was. 35 minute segment. Traumatized. And I know. I feel I have to uh, endure the trauma again. Yeah. I, I voted for the FSU Goss with this one. I, I thought, I mean, you're just the story was hilarious. And then um, the writing, the, the segment that you brought for that taco to kind of do the deep dive into oh, that. Oh, and trying was, to find out where they actually were. <laughs> Yeah, that that uh, that really won it over for me. So when I, I saw that as an option, obviously, I mean, it, with an award like the Golden Taco, all these nominees are are, are certainly incredible. All of them, you know, have their merits and worth winning. The uh, the Goth FSU one really stuck out to me, but all of them, all of them, very worthy. <laughs> I love. I'm just going to keep playing this over here. Maybe I'll play it over my explanation, too. Yeah, uh, that one was seriously fun. I love doing a mini file on entertainment. Uh, I love doing the real file on entertainment. I think that's where it stems a lot of this from. Listening to a couple songs and then giving some feedback on them, especially the more and more absurd the song is, just just wonderful. Um, and Deion Sanders owned the shibbies tonight. Uh, kind of amazing. Like uh, There are guys like... I, I, I think this award season, I think Barbie will probably be going away with most of the hardware. Deion Sanders, not only Sportsman of the Year, Shibby Holder of the Year. He's walked away with two of them tonight. Unbelievable. Uh, only General Booty has has as many uh, Shibby Awards. Uh, hats off to the man. Hats off to his, uh, well, I wouldn't say great. How would you describe it? Um, it exists. Like, it's music. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> I sit in VIP. <laughs> I got so much jewels. That, that's the kind of orange you can't sit with right there. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> All right. As we wrap up this show today, I can't help but reflect on what an incredible journey this college football season has been. I've said it felt a little bittersweet. It was a little little sweet of an ending, the end of the college football season as we know it. Pac-12 dying, scandals, the overall realignment, the overall realignment that started off this year where we didn't know what was going to happen even before the year. Last offseason when we had USC and UCLA bolting all the way to the summer when we had the Pac-12 dissolving, nobody knew what was going to happen. We didn't know 
if our video game was ever going to arrive. We didn't know if the NLO, NIL was going to destroy everything. We've always had this creeping doom all year long that the shoe was always going to fall off the other foot. And as the season progressed, it only got worse and worse uh, with Michigan and all the scandals and all the headlines. Uh, but for everything, for this being such a weird year, and we've done this for three years. This is a year where a monkey bit a child, and this seems like the craziest year. And it, it feels like probably we'll feel like that every year. But uh, creating, recording, and presenting the show to you has been nothing but an absolute joy. And as we tr- transition to the off season, I want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude to our fans, uh, but most especially to Eric, uh, co-hosting with me uh, this past year, past three years has been an amazing experience. Your dedication, your time, your effort in making the show a success has not gone unnoticed. People forget, people don't know. There are countless hours spent writing, researching. You don't see that we do in an effort to make the show as great as we can for you, the listener. Uh, there is real dedication to this. Never been a moment where I felt like Eric was mailing it. And there's been times where I feel like I was mailing it, but never been a moment where Eric was, was doing it. Always kept me accountable always makes the show possible uh co-host sometimes i say that that would be the wrong word he's definitely my partner in this there would not be an evil mark show without eric stevens uh he's always there to help me make the best possible show especially especially uh this past year when things are getting too depressing or when the edibles kick in kind of reels me (laughs) back but also brings the funny in his own right um I totally, totally appreciate you. If there was an award for best co-host, a platinum taco, maybe a totally awesome co-host object, <laughs> I would award it to you, and I would play Buck Cherry instead of Must Be the. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. So you could enjoy it, uh, but the biggest shout out uh, goes out to all of you, the fans, the listeners, the people who continue to download. Your support means the world to us. We absolutely love college football. We love doing this show. We hope you stick with us as we have all the kinds of fun planned during the offseason. Together, we're going to navigate through the downtime until college football comes back. We're going to have the college football spotlight 10 weeks before the season starts. We're going to get so into the schedules. There's so much great stuff that's coming. If you're just a college football fan, please, 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 I encourage you to stick around for a few more weeks. Just see if you like it. Maybe you'll get it. There's enough good stuff. It's the toy department of Sports Talk Radio. So you will find something you love, and we will present it to you. And we're, we got to get ready for next year. New conferences, new rivals, new head coaches, but the game still hasn't changed. So for the bottom of our hearts, uh, thank you for being part of this journey. Uh, here's to the fans. Here's to Eric. Here's to the exciting times ahead. Uh, uh, Eric, any any final words? I know I should have put that in there for you. To, to kind of any final thoughts or Thank you. I mean, that was all, all very nice things that you said about me. And I, I feel obviously the, the same thing to you. I know that the, I know you've, I've said it to you and I know that the list every time we end the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like uh, obviously a broken record, but I mean, I'm going to say it one more time. So listeners, you know, you can have the, the check, take out your bingo card and you can mark it, uh, mark the X on there um, <laughs> of Eric telling Mark that I'm just, uh, I'm honored to be a part of this thing. I look forward to Wednesdays. I record days, um, just to be able to hang out with you for a couple few hours and and just talk about a, a game that we both love. I, mean, I was still, again, just incredibly humbled that you thought of me in the first place uh, to be a part of this thing with you. And it's just uh, been an incredible journey and one that I hope goes on ad infinitum. So very cool. <laughs> me too. I Guys, we, we so want you to stick around for the next season, but I know there are some of you that are just just college football fans but until we meet again 
in week zero, or I would encourage you to come back 10 weeks before the season because we do our spotlights. But until we meet again in week zero, take care, stay passionate about college football, and let the countdown to next season begin. We have our video game. It's coming. That will hold us over. We have a short summer. It's going to be a very short summer, guys. By, by the time we speak about college football again, we'll all have won several championships. I know I will have at least a three-peat for the Sun Devils. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I, believe me, I will have the best recruiting class in history. Uh, we'll be having so much fun over the summer. And I don't see a way where we won't end up playing the college football game over the summer together. I don't know how we're going to work it out, but we'll, we'll probably work it out. Uh, and uh, we really, really appreciate you. Thank you guys. E- the listeners who just listen, the people who email, uh, everyone who's been a part of the show, who's emailed throughout the history of the show, the Shibbies is always like, a, a, it's more a celebration of this show and how far we've made it. Three, three Shibbies down multiple more to go uh we love doing the show for you uh and as we wrap up the show i want to mention our sponsor we're called the shibbies because of, of shib token shib shibby inu is a great cryptocurrency wonderful they've been a huge supporter of the show um i'm gonna get all emotional but when we do this show uh this is why it's it's so amazing that, that eric puts so much time in there i put so much time in there shib supports us but we make back what we do like we we can continue the show but no one really no one's bathing in anything other than frost flakes <laughs> there's there's re- there it, it's it's really a labor of love that we do for you guys because you're here so when you email when you contact the show when you follow on twitter every new follower always pumps me up because it makes all the dollars all the time all the effort worthwhile and shib Shibi Inu has always been there. They've always wanted to be affiliated with our show. They're the a few members of the Shib Army are huge college football fans. Uh, I, there's so many nice things that they've said about the show over the years. Uh, they've always wanted to be affiliated. They consider us the court jesters of com- of college football, which I, I've always loved. <laughs> which they, uh, people sometimes like. Mark, you're always on file entertainment. You always say this artist, that artist. Like, do you consider yourself an artist? I'm like, no, no, no. I consider myself a clown, but I will take court jester of college <laughs> football. And Eric is, is a jester as well. I, I, I can live with that, but we appreciate them so much. They support the show monetarily. Um, they do a lot of web work. We do advertising together so we can get cheaper rates. Uh, it, just stuff that goes beyond them paying for server space and hosting. And if you've not checked out cryptocurrency, you feel like you missed the boat, just go, just read about it. You can find out more information about cryptocurrency by following at Token on Twitter. There you're going to find information about Web 3.0, what's involved with that, why people are wrong. People are telling you it's over, it's done. It's not. It's just getting started with a with a market cap of over 5.6 billion. Shiba Inu is here to stay and they obviously have great taste so thank you thank you shibi inu thank you for supporting the show thank you for making the show possible um and then also guys make sure you're you're following us on uh twitter evlmrk look for hashtag shibbies to see the special links tweets and pictures of stories we talk about in today's episode all our awards are going to be in the automator so for thursday and friday you're going to be receiving those stories every couple hours we'll have the who the winner was the story attached to it Please, please, please make sure you're following us to get more information and see that. Today, I want to thank, uh, for not for the final time, 
but he's moving on to other things. And we were waiting to make this announcement. Uh, Gump has also been a, a wonderful contributor. He's done a lot of the business stuff on the back end. He's helped us make this relationship with the Shibis possible. He helped uh, make relationships with uh, with other sponsors we've had over the years. We've kind of Shib's been so good to us that, that they they just love the college football show. I think they're going to be with us in the, for for the immediate future. But Gump has done a lot of the other groundwork that you don't hear about. I want to thank him and wish him well as he heads off. I'm no longer going to be involved in entertainment whatsoever. Um, uh, I, I think the, the last project we did was uh, our Hidden House show, and he's going to focus just mainly on business. We're still good friends, still the best of friends, still hang out all the time, still argue about Wildcats and Sun Devils. That will be... <laughs> and rightfully so. Yeah. And he's still going to listen to the show, hopefully. Yeah, he still listens. He's wonderful guy but yeah he he has other uh uh things that he needs to focus on but i appreciate all the hard work he's done for this show and uh setting this up for this next phase so thank you so much gump i want to thank jared of feathers and friends uh or nobody's listening i need to change that uh he will be with us tomorrow on friday for the nfl we're into the playoffs we're getting close to the super bowl jared is pumped so excited about the nfl uh we have a lot of really great stuff for you tomorrow uh please 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 check us out and as always, I thanked him before, but I'm going to thank him again. I'm going to be a broken record. My co-host, better than co-host, Eric, tell everybody. We don't want your money. We just want your listens. Tell them about File Entertainment. Where is it? What is it about? And where can they get it? Yes, thank you, File Entertainment Podcast. It's available on all platforms. There's a The first season was movies. The second season was music. This third season is going back to movies. It's from an alphabetical approach where we go A to Z. Uh we're going to have three movies, I think. Myself, Jared, who's the co-host and the super producer, and the guest. Mark will be a frequent guest, and he's starting off with us on the A episode where he's bringing Air Bud. So if you want to hear us talk about Air Bud and, and have our, our thoughts on a basketball playing golden retriever, uh, <laughs> that's going to be a lot of fun. And maybe uh, based on the, the feedback that we get might lead to more talk uh, about future Air Bud films. But uh yeah, also going to be talking about uh, Alien versus Predator. If uh, there are any fans of that movie, I kind of think there's maybe not a lot. There has to be some. <laughs> it's pretty widely culturally uh, panned, I think. But there, if there are any fans of that film, we're going to be talking about it. And still not sure what uh, Jared's flick is going to be, but uh, you'll get to hear uh, Jared's <laughs> taste in movies. And if it's anything like his music taste, we're going to be in for uh, quite a long season. But you can... Uh, join us for all the laughs for file under. I'm going to go try to get to, to Jared to get him to pick an airplane. No, I won't. I won't. I won't. But <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I know James Harden's exclusive beard is uh, he's, I think he's the only one so far who's called for the uh, Airbud expanded universe. He's offered to do the <laughs> stats for us. If we do. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so right. we can keep track of Airbud stats. And uh, most importantly, which I understand is the most important stat in modern basketball is the plus minus. So, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's, he's he's a real Bill James of the dog basketball in the world. Uh, James Harden's exquisite beard. I'm like, oh, you love James Harden and you love Airbud st- statistics. That makes yeah, you definitely sound like a listener to this show. But uh, uh, please, 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 if you if you if you love this show and you like listening to me, you like listening to Eric, uh, I encourage you to go check out some episodes. Go back to season two. You can find uh, the. Uh, uh, well, listen to the season three, episode one, the music uh, madness tournament one. Listen to my musical journey. Listen to Eric's musical journey. Listen to Jared's musical journey. That one's definitely more, a lot of really interesting. I just listened to that one the other day. Um, please, please, please give a listen. 
support the other shows. Uh, we appreciate you. So let me get to my last monologue here. It feels like I've been talking all day. Um, this will be the last year. College will ever be just like it is now. No more 14 playoff, no more Pac-12. Some rivalries are leaving. We'll probably never see them again. We step into a new world. We aren't quite sure if we're really prepared for. Now, we turn the page on not just, not just another season of college football, but an entire era of college football. It truly is the end of the college football as world as we know it. But we should feel fine, unironically. And I'll tell you why. The game will remain the same. The passion will only grow. And instead of bitter, being bitter and riddled with nostalgia, we will move forward forever forward. New rivalries, new conferences, new weird stories, new freakout press conferences will occur. And I hope we're here for all of them. But that doesn't mean we, can, we can't take a moment to pause and look back before we move forward. Father time is undefeated. The only thing undefeated. Well, maybe unbillable billable hours is also undefeated too, but <laughs> let's appreciate the moments and memories that we treasure, both good and bad. So until next time, be ungovernable, be uncompromising, but most importantly, be kind. Now, this last sound that I have for you is this guy was my arch rival. This is a guy I did not like when he played in college, watched his entire college football career pretty much almost every single game I watched his entire college football career. And then I ended up watching his entire professional career because he turned into my favorite quarterback to ever play for the Arizona Cardinals met him twice in person. Once at a, now I'm going to name drop. Now I'm going to really Dennis Miller. <laughs> I met him at a party at, at, I met him at his birthday. No, Boris Diaz's birthday party. He was there. I also met Moby, which is one of my favorite interactions with a celebrity ever, but I, I met Matt Leinert there and I met Leinert at a card signing event and both times I was, I always came away with the fact that I thought he was just a huge fan of college football, get a passion for it that lit his heart on fire. Uh, I didn't like the fact that he was a USC Trojan. <laughs> it would always be the thing that would be, I really like that guy, but I, I'm not going to wear any USC gear, but Matt Leinert uh, had a, did a bit for uh, uh, college game day. It was a farewell to the Pac-12. Um, this is actually written by a poet uh, and written and uh, presented by Matt Leinert. Um, this is the So Long to the Pac-12. Um, I will give you the, uh, in the comments, I will give you who the poet is who wrote this, but this is Matt Leinert doing it justice with a reading. So here we go. So long, Pac-12. So long, college football season. We will see you on the other side. And if, if you are so inclined, we will see you next week for the off season. Where, we're, where the hilarity and the fun will only continue. So please, 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 I implore you to come back next week. But for now, let's say goodbye to the 2023 college football season. And furthermore, let's say goodbye to the Pac-12. Who knew it? It's the league I grew up watching. It's the league I played in, won in, raised trophies in. And soon, eight days to be exact, will cease to exist. Pac-12 died right in front of us. But the moments and memories won't. They're chiseled into the granite of college football history. You don't forget the quarterbacks who helped define the position. Fouts, Plunkett, Aikman, Elway, Rodgers, and Luck. The list is long and distinguished. Oh, and there was a guy named Liner who was pretty good too. You don't forget the running backs who outran defenders and the record books. And you don't forget the Heisman winners from the league, all 12 of them. The Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. Close your eyes and you think of a New Year's Day sunset behind the San Gabriel Mountains and the granddaddy of them all. That's where our champions played. 
Listen hard and you still hear the sound of dynasties and win streaks ended by our teams. 26-game win streak is snapped. Go Devils. You'll never hear the sound of a certain trombone thanks to a final play for the ages. All the band is out on the field. He's going to go to the end zone. The Bears have won. And you want even more of the bizarre? Let me remind you of the Pac-12 After Dark. Wow, Pac-12 After Dark is getting weird. I'll always have a soft spot for this league and its legacy. That's because the West Coast will forever be the best coast.